What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Mr. Who's a Triple M, a double triple M. Look at that, Merle. A double triple M. Tonight it can only be one. I know. I know. But it is what it is, brother. It is what it is. All right. Moving on. Moving on. We got about a minute here. A great way to support what we do on this show, everyone, is by hitting that subscribe button, giving us a thumbs up, ringing that bell, and, of course, telling your friends, sharing it all over your social media. The Super Chat is open. It's another way to say, hey, Dave, thanks for what you are doing on a nightly basis, and we're very thankful for everybody who continues to support us that way as well. Our website, spacedoutradio.com, goes to the Great White North. Coming on up here with Merle. Merle. There we go. 15 seconds before we go. Spookles, the awesome cat, you're looking lovely tonight. Ozzy, Ozzy, sister from Australia, how's tomorrow looking? Please give us an update. See if we are alive. Merle's in the chat room, and here we go, guys. From the mountains of central British Columbia to you listening around the world, this, my friends, is Spaced Out Radio. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. We welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on TalkStream Live, Revolution Radio, and KPNL. All of our archives are free by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Just do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show. Our website is spacedoutradio.com where we have a plethora of features for you, including rocking out to Bumblefoot and reading up on Captain Shirk's SOR Newswire. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find us on our website. Third week of every month, we bring in our good buddy Merle from Ghosts of the Great White North. Merle is an accomplished paranormal investigator out of Vancouver, British Columbia. He's investigated all over this province, along with Washington and Oregon states. And now, tonight, we are proud to have, from Cage of Darkness Paranormal Investigations, Nick T. White. Many of you may know him from A&E's Cursed. The Bell Witch, a five-part miniseries about the Bell Witch haunting near Nashville, Tennessee, With 24 years of experience in the paranormal field, the experiences have been pretty profound, Nick, in many ways, which we're going to find out tonight. Then at the bottom of hour number three, I will bring you the SOR Newswire brought to you by Paranoia Magazine. Merle, how you doing? I'm well, Dave. Very well. How are you? 
Good. And we're getting, a, Nick, we're getting a little bit of feedback from behind you, if you don't mind. And we got Nick T. White here okay. as well. So uh, we just want to make sure that our sound is perfect. And that way we can give everybody a great, great interview tonight. So, Merle, what's new? How's the ghost hunting been going? A little slow with COVID. It's all right. We got some things down the pipe coming. But before we start the show, I have a bone to pick with you. Oh, my goodness. What did I do now? Where's your autograph? You never showed anyone? You're the only person in the world, dude. Well, you know what? It's here somewhere. Hold on. I got the Merle autograph. I got the Merle autograph right here. That is the only Merle autograph right there that is known right now. I love it, and uh, we're having a good time here. And we got some stickers that you sent over here too, which is really nice. Yep. Yep. All right. Let's introduce Nick T. White here. And Nick, we're still getting a lot of background sound. I'm not sure if you got us on speaker or not. I, I do, and I'm actually looking for a headset right now. We'll see if we can fix that for us real quick, brother. Sorry about that. Oh, no worries. No worries, man. That's okay. We're all good to have you here. And, uh, you know, as we uh, like to talk ghosts here once a month here on the show, well, we do it more than once a month, but with Merle, we like to go into the ghostly category. We bring in Nick T. White, who is a paranormal investigator out of the beautiful state of Nevada. And courtesy of Tennessee, that's where his accent comes from, and it sounds great. We don't get a lot of Tennesseans on this show, but I'm telling you, we got to do more, Merle. we got to do more. I agree. It's a good accent. Strong. Very American. strong. Loud. Very, I'm very loud. strong. I've got a loud accent. <laughs> so, Let me get this. No problem. Here. Just one second. All right. Is that, does that work oh, a little bit better? Oh, 100% better. Hundred percent better. Thank you so much okay, for great. for doing that. No worries. That all, that's my fault. I, I forgot about the feedback on that. That's my fault. Oh, very, very, very well, well done. You fixed it. We're we're good to go now. I mean, we're all stretched. We're all ready. And and Merle, well, he's just Merle, and that's a good thing. But uh, Nick, right. twenty four years of investigating the paranormal. You know, there's not a lot of people who've been doing it before the television side of everything made it popular. What made you get into this field? Well, uh, I've had experiences ever since I was very young. I've had uh, I've had a few abilities that the Lord blessed me with a little bit that just kind of was just out of the ordinary to me. And I would hear things, I would see things, I'd feel things just completely out of the ordinary. Uh, I had one crazy, wild experience when I was... Uh, anywhere between 12 and 15 i can't re remember exactly but uh, i'd seen this uh, the easiest way i can describe this is, is uh, like a black smoke panther that came came kind of around a corner that walked towards me uh walked up close to me looked at me directly in the eyes and never but I, the thing is i never felt threatened during this uh which is one of the biggest things about this and i have native american in my family and so uh, you know i i uh, immediately I'm going towards maybe it's a, a, a ancestor or a spirit guide or something to that effect. It may be, you know, trying to say something, but it just kind of disappeared. Never seen nothing, you know, that same thing again. Uh, you know, I was very young and I thought, well, 
I don't know what that was, and now i got to find out what it was. But uh, I've got with friends, you know, throughout the years, even after I'd made my team and all that in 2011. And I've got friends that's into archaeology, uh, you know, studied, uh, you know, mythology and things like that. Even looked into the Mayans and Aztecs and some Egyptian and uh, Native American totems, things like that. And, and still yet to kind of find out. But that, that, one, that one time enough was enough to me getting me in gear. And then just throughout, it just seemed like I started seeing more things, hearing more things. Uh, even before, yeah, like you said, even before really that it got popular, I, I was kind of digging in more just because I'm, I've always been more of a believer, uh, and, and it just kind of, you know, after especially seeing so many things, it just something that I thought that was my path that I needed to take. I needed to learn that, learn this stuff, uh, you know, work hard as I could to find out everything, learn everything I can, and, and then hopefully, you know, help other people with it or teach people how to do it the right way if I can, if, you know, as long as I'm just putting out the right kind of knowledge, it's making, that's facts. You know, I always just try to make sure everything's facts. And that's a big thing. You know, having those experiences when you were young really kind of transformed you into the person you are today. Did you think that you were normal living with a life of paranormal? No, not at all. <laughs> I didn't think I was normal anyway, but <laughs> that was the thing. <laughs> I mean, uh, when I first started having the very first few experiences, they were kind of to me now that I've learned so much now, I'm 41, I'll be 42 this year. So, you know, this was probably the, the experience I'm about to talk about or the couple was around, you know, I was about the, the 15, you know, about that age. And, and I was hearing these things to me, I think I was astral projecting, but I just don't know if that was particularly what I was doing or not. But I would hear this, I was, it would always happen when I was laying down and I was always calm you know, and I've always been kind of a calm person, except unless I'm in a, you know, excited mood when I'm running around meeting people. If you've seen me at events, you know, I'm kind of a little high strung when I'm in events running around like crazy. But when it comes to like most of the time, even especially in an investigation, I try to stay really calm in most situations. And so it's just uh, this this one experience. I was laying laying down in bed and this was in a, uh, a small trailer where me and my parents had just recently moved to the uh, Pigeon Forge area in Tennessee. And, uh, I felt kind of tingly, like, you know, like how your what, like if your foot is asleep or something like that, that, that kind of feeling, I felt my body feel like that. And all of a sudden it kind of went like, whoa, and then it snapped like a, and then I kind of woke up a little bit. So I don't, you know, and there's been a couple just randomly wild stuff like that, that has just been something enough for me to be like, I need to find out what this is. And then I started digging into more science as well. And like physics, I've started now digging into quantum mechanics, astrophysics, engineering, cosmology, and astrology as well. So I'm trying to get into just more further out into science, not just strictly just the basics that everybody's doing nowadays, which is no, you know, that's fine, but I want to try to dig in. I want to really know exactly what's going on. Uh, you know, here I am, I've been filming, you know, and I'll, it'll take me a little while to finish this, but I'm in the process of filming a DVD with my teammate, Rob Browning, and we're going to be doing, I'm going to talk to myself across the multiverse and I'm going to do it with the multiverse theory that Michio Kaku uh, talks about the string theory in the multiverse series. So I'm going to try to see if I can, figured out a way i'm trying to reach out uh, even maybe through your show too I'm, I'm trying to reach out to other physicists other engineers other uh, scientists either other paranormal investigators or any other investigators that might want to be a part and to help me to try to figure out you know is there a way can we break through you know the multiverse talk to a different realm or a different dimension or something like that you know because these 
to me and my, my one of my theories about ghosts is I just don't think ghosts are ghosts because your energy is immortal. Your you know, quote unquote, your soul, it's immortal. So, you know, you're just shifting into a different realm or different dimension. Where is that? What is that? How can you know what I mean? That that's that's where I'm trying to dig in even with the documentary. So hopefully some cool stuff will come from that. We'll maybe learn something and even get uh, a cool community together trying to learn more about that kind of stuff, you know. Speaking of the community, I mean, there's so much division in the community right now with what ghosts are, what UFOs are, what cryptids are. You know, a lot of people don't believe there's a tie-in in between all of them. Where do you stand on everything? Because I know you're a good friend of uh, with a good friend of ours here with David Weatherly. Yes, absolutely. David is amazing. You talk about one of the smart, smartest men I've met, man. Real good dude. But yeah, uh, on that, I'm going to tell you, I believe it all is related. Uh, it seems that every single time, and that's why I call my investigators on my team uncaged investigators, not technically paranormal investigators. That's why I just call myself an investigator technically now is because that, like for an example, I'll give you a small example. Say you go, uh, somebody calls, says, hey man, uh, I have a, a ghost issue. Okay, well you go, you're checking out the ghost, and next door neighbor's like, hey, well I had this Bigfoot looks like coming around the corner. Da, 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 da. Okay, well, now you got two issues with two different investigations. And now, say, maybe even just a block down, there was a UFO sighting or a, a launch or, you know, some kind of something. And that all three will, you will always pick up gamma radiation out of all three situations if you know, if you've been on those type of investigations. So, how is that related? Why is that gamma radiation alone in those three types of you know, see, that's and there's three different fields there you're looking at. You're looking at paranormal, cryptid, and UFO, ufology, ufology, however you want to say it. So, I mean, to me, if you don't learn as much as you can, you know, like I'm saying, you just broaden your horizons out into these different styles of the engineerings and out your space stuff, your your terrestrial stuff, your uh, future stuff, your past stuff, anything that's got to do with history, you know, anthropology about people themselves. Like you got to you have to keep your mind completely open. If you close your mind to anything and stay with one person, what they say, or one book with what it says or one thing with whatever, you're going to close yourself off to learning, period, no matter what it is. So in, in my own opinion, to answer your question, I know I digress and I ramble and ramble. But to answer that question in a short term, is it to me, it's all related and there's a way that we can figure out how to tap that somehow. It's just a matter of calming down, just like you said, all in and fight and worrying about all this other stuff. Everybody just needs to calm down. We don't need to worry about nothing else but figuring out what in the world this stuff is, work together, talk to each other, and help each other, and get it done. That's all there is to it. Earl? I don't, I think, I think the different fields, like with UFO, with cryptid, and parent, like ghosts, paranormal, I think maybe in a higher sense they're all connected, but in my opinion, it's totally different research for each. You can apply your research techniques across the board, but the evidence you obtain through each field, I think, is completely different. So it's different mechanisms of investigating. I agree. I do agree that you get uh, completely different answers from every situation, especially if you have a controlled setting when you're trying to do, like, for a paranormal investigator themselves, you're trying to take a, say, that, that quote-unquote ghost, sit it into a controlled setting in front of scientists and say, here's a ghost, talk to it and figure it out in front of you. But then you have your cryptids and all that. I do agree with that. Uh, but learning, being able to give yourself that opportunity to learn all those different fields opens up that 
where you have a natural muscle reaction. Like uh, I, I was in martial arts for a good odd 16 years, and that's a muscle reaction. Fighting is a muscle reaction. To me, when you learn all this stuff, when you get out in the field, I was ex-military as well. So when you get out in the field, all your training, it's all about the training. It's always about training. Learn, learn, learn. So whenever you get out to that call, whatever that call may be, you'll be ready for it. You'll react to it. You won't have to think about it, and you'll get her done. I completely agree with you. Yes, I'm right with you, man. It's it's healthy to learn different tools in our in our field. Um, I'm not a UFO guy. I, I I quite enjoy the paranormal, but I also enjoy cryptid. Like I, I've been doing a lot of Bigfoot research as well. Um, but even if I'm not a UFO guy, I can still go and look for UFOs and do all that sort of stuff with Dave, but apply my knowledge and mechanism of an investigation to what we're doing. Um, and yeah, I think that's the best thing. Heck yeah. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Absolutely. See, for me, I think they are three different types of investigation as well. However, mm-hmm. I, I think what where we, we get a lot blocked, Nick, and please... Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. This is just my opinion. And if you disagree, that that's great. If you don't, that's great too. But somewhere way above that investigation, what we are doing here is where it all seems to tie in. And I think too many times we see, especially in the cryptid world, we see everybody calling, oh, this is a monkey. This is an ape. This is everything that that isn't supernatural when we haven't even solved the supernatural part or even investigated it. And I think what's happened is too many people are so focused on their area of, lack of a better term, expertise, that they're not looking at the bigger picture of how it all comes together in one point at some point. That's exactly, exactly what I mean. You're exactly, that's yeah, exactly that, what I mean right there. Yeah. Right. That's I may have said it weird, but yes, you're right there. That's what I mean by that. That like there's that that there's a somewhere in there there's a similarity, but it's just not it's just figuring out wonder what that could be. The investigative process to me is very similar across the board. It's just a different evidence and what you're looking for. It's mm-hmm. kinda of, it's kinda of like um an outline and you just put different mm-hmm. things in it. You've you've probably had a lot of more experience there in that area. Right, like more like cryptids in in your area, or is it more paranormal? Well, uh, from, it all depends mm. where you are. So where I am, it's very cryptid, lots of UFOs, lots of paranormal. And I, I should mention, which is really cool, you're in Reno. I'm up here ha- almost halfway up British Columbia, and yet we share something very much in common, and that's the Gold Rush Trail. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right through Virginia City and all. Yeah. <laughs> right, Merle. Yeah, my Gold Rush Trails where it's at. So much history, so much murder. Get, get to learn a lot of it. Yeah. It's, it's wild, isn't it? All the pop up towns that are no longer there with all the people going up and down from mm-hmm. basically Reno to to Barkerville and beyond, even the way to the Klondike up and down from the United States to Canada, dying, fighting, robbing each other, prostitution, you name it. There's all that energy up and down this trail. It really, you know, it's amazing though. You know, if you speak about the Gold Rush Trail and the tie that we have together, Nick, it's amazing mm-hmm. that out of all the television shows that are out there, 
here we had literally millions of people traveling this trail from California and Nevada all the way up right to the Klondike. And yet Mm -hmm. we have zero television episodes on it. We have zero people investigating this outside of, you know, little clicks. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's amazing. Like, literally hundreds of thousands of people died in a short amount of years along this trail. Violently at that, it's probably the most haunted trail in North America. And yet, nothing. Silence. It, it is. It, it, it kind of, it's, it's stunned. I mean, just this whole area was really, that stunned me. When I first came from Tennessee, like, you know, we've got... Don't get me wrong. We do have a lot of history there in Tennessee and the East Coast as well. But we'll be able to come out here, I mean, just to start off beginning to to learn about Reno and how it got its start and then get to go check out Carson City and, you know, Kit Carson starting that area, that all that. And then then we get up here and get to check out one of the most amazing places I've ever been in my entire life, which is Virginia City. And if you know anything about Westerns, you know all about Virginia City. Or if you know it about the Silver or I mean, the Virginia City Silver alone stopped pretty much the Civil War. I mean, and, you know, that's that's the kind of history that's up through. And then you know, you go all the way up straight, just like you just said. You've got trails going all the way straight up, all the way up North America, all the way up towards Canada and everything. And not, I mean, you get just like you said, you get a few here and there. And some does a really good job on some of the history here and there. But there's not a lot of folks that's really digging into a lot more. Uh, than just what's on the surface, you know, even myself, I, I've got locked in a little bit with Virginia City, you know, learn, learning about places up there. Uh, of course, the first thing that brought me there was paranormal a little bit. But man, when I got to walk around and talk to some of these folks up there and and start learning about that area, like I, I talked to Dawn, she's the, uh, the she's the one that runs the Mackay Mansion. Uh, and she was telling, you know, like Grant, the President Grant was through there, you know, I mean, this that kind of thing is going on and nobody's really digging in further into that and talking about that stuff. So hopefully, you know, I'm going to try to do that myself a little bit. Um, I, hopefully I can get to go on up through the trail, but right now I've, I'm a little close here. So I'm going to try to dig into Virginia city. I've talked to a lot of folks, got to know a lot of folks. I feel like I'm at home there. I mean, I literally felt like when I walked in there, I felt like I'd been there before. Uh, I had even met a past life guy. Go, go ahead. What's up? I was going to say, last summer, I was I had a trip locked up for Virginia City and Reno and all through there. But then Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. COVID ruins everything for us to oh, go for the States. Not. 
Man, it, luckily now, I think that uh, even the governor here is, is going to open up stuff. So we're going to be able to have like events and things now. So I, I've, I've talked to a few of the owners up there uh, at the businesses, and I may be running some events through town and let folks actually get to, to have, you know, a full experience. There's uh, a great folks up there that runs events, or not events, but like uh, uh, historical tours uh, called Bats in the Belfry. Really nice folks. Yes. Uh, and I'm going to talk with them. Uh, great people, great people. And yeah. I'm going to talk with them, and maybe we'll be able to do some like real, you know, like big deal stuff for the city and have just not just uh, paranormal, but great historical things about the city as well. And kind of because, I mean, it, it went at it at its boom. There was more than twenty five thousand people that lived in this area. You know, either lives there now, maybe a thousand, you know, and it's like it's what you know, and it's an amazing place, man. You just if you've been there at all, you, you know what I mean? I mean, it's just it's a home away from home. And hopefully I can do something to to, you know, let everybody else see it and get more people out and check it out. We got about 90 seconds to go here before we got to go to break at the bottom of the hour. Merle is here with Ghosts of the Great White North, their special guest, Nick T. White. You know, when we come back from the break, and my throat has been cutting out all day long, all day long, and so I apologize if my voice isn't sounding properly tonight. But when we come back from the break, Nick, I, I want to find out how how COVID over the last uh, number of, well, the last year and a half almost here has affected your investigation. Because I know up here, you know, some people have been investigating, others have not. Others have complained about those who are investigating. And we are going to, I want to know how it's affected you. Because, I mean, this is something you take very seriously. It's something Absolutely. that that is a huge part of what you do in your everyday life. And to have that ripped away because of, of COVID, even though you're not touching anything and you're not being around people when this happens, it is a little strange. It is a little strange when that goes on. But my friend, I'm going to get you to hold on. Merle, I'm going to get you to sit tight as well, if you don't mind, because you literally have overstepped your boundaries for the amount of words this first half hour. You went, and I sounded educated. You went over by about sixteen words, Merle. You know you're educated. on a you know you're on a word count, but we love you anyways, Merle. Thank you so much. Ghost of the Great White North here on Spaced Out Radio. And man, we are loving it tonight. Merle from Ghosts of the Great White North and the Paranormal Road Trippers. Probably the best investigator in Canada, if you ask me. And Nick T. Boy. White, all the way from Reno, Nevada. And we're talking ghosts coming up here on Spaced Out Radio. All right, we're clear, boys. We are clear. That was a fast half hour. You know, this morning I went went to uh, take a, uh, I ate a piece of fruit. And you only get a piece of fruit kind of stuck in your throat. And then I had to answer the phone at the same time as it was stuck in my throat. And then you get into one of those those swallowing coughing fits, you know, where you like oh, swallow no. your own saliva. Then you get into that coughing fit. The, I, I've, been, I've had four of those today. Four of those since well, this morning. Good. Just screwed up my entire throat today. Mm. Well, that's no good, yeah. Not when you're on the radio, dude. It sucks when you're on the radio because you kind of need the voice. 
Oh yeah, no doubt. For yeah, sure, yeah. Radio. yeah. That's that's my right. Vix. My Vix inhaler. Love it. Love it. All right. Uh, yeah, let's see here. Oh, dirt road. Thank you for the super chat, man. You guys can talk. I don't have to be the one talking. I'm the one with the sore throat. Merle, you got to bail oh, me out of here. Something. I was God waiting. sakes. <laughs> Didn't know what he was doing there. Did you? Oh. <laughs> Man, Merle just kind of hanging on the wings, buddy. We didn't know what was happening. <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you. He is dead silent on this show a lot of time. But I'll tell you, you get him in the field, rock solid, man. Rock solid. Yeah, you know, you know the smartest ones are only talk when they need to be talking. You know that. <laughs> Smartest ones, will, and you, and and they'll make you, li- and you'll listen every time they talk. You'll stop. <laughs> That's what we hope for, right? That's exactly right, brother. Oh, it's all good, man. It is all good. I found, um, actually, for history, one of the coolest places I investigated in Oregon actually was the Wolf Creek Inn. It's on the old Oregon Trail, like, you know, when they were um, uh, hammering out from east to west. Uh-huh. And it's in a pretty secluded town, and they looked at us Canadians a little funny, but that's okay. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> he, the place was extremely active. Like, uh, like I forget, 18, it was built in 18-something. Oh, wow. But I know Ghost Hunters has been there. I know Ghost Adventures has been there. A couple of other people or shows or whatever have been there. It's good. Merle Hunters, too. Merle Hunters. Yeah, Merle Hunters there. Merle Hunters. Yeah. Have the... you done the Appalachian? Appalachian? What, what do you call it? Appalachia? Appalachian? Appalachian Mountains, yeah. There we go. Okay. Oh, by the way, uh, Little Marky Spender threw you a shot there, Merle. Sent me a what message. Sent me a message, and he goes... Don't be picking on Merle. He's from the lower mainland. Probably can't take the snow. Yeah. Or probably can't take it. Sorry. Thanks, little Marky Spender and little Terra Spender. Hi, Baxter, by the way. Uh, to, you know what? I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw back. I may be from the lower mainland. However, Marky Spender's from the island, which is a little more <coughs> snowing than the lower mainland. Just throwing that out there. You made no sense, just so you know. He knows what I'm saying. I don't care if anyone else knows. He knows what I'm saying. Uh, Oh, yeah. We like to have fun here, man. We like to have fun here. I like that guitar you got behind your head, too. I need to play that sometime. This one? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, That's my daughter's Jackson. Uh, The red one one here is a court. And uh, this one here is a Les Paul knockoff of Jay Terser. Oh, that's a slick one right there, the green one. Well, it's actually, believe it or not, that is actually reflection from my green screen oh. behind. Uh, like, it's like the green screen's probably oh. 10 feet away. Oh, I got you. So it's giving it like a two-tone from the green screen. Yeah, I wish it was that um, color because that color actually looks, looks cool. badass. It does yeah, look cool. It looks- 
<laughs> hey, Dave, for the record, I uh, got a message from Little Marky Spender, and he got exactly what I was putting down. Yeah. Um, little Mar- <laughs> Just so you know, Little Marky Spender is suffering from gout in his knee right now. He had gout surgery, and, uh, you know, he he likes his red meat, his red wine, and his glass of beer after a night at the logging uh, at the logging pit. So uh, lots of gout action there for him. And Mark, we hope your gout heals up pretty, pretty quick, buddy. We really do. Does he, does he still roll hard in his reindeer onesie? The oh, one yeah. With the fleece thing? oh yeah. Okay, guys, yeah. here we go. Second half hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We really do appreciate earning your listening ears. We want to remind you that if you've missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives and go to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Just do me the favor, hit that subscribe button, our website spacedoutradio.com where we have a plethora of features for you including rocking out to Bumblefoot and reading up on Captain Shirk's SOR Newswire. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show. Here we go with Merle and Ghost of the Great White North and I know Katie in the chat room still trying to figure out how to get a good Merle in but you know it's, it's like just rolls off the lips just nice and smooth Katie. Nice and smooth. And uh, Mike, she can't hear you. I haven't turned your mic up yet, but there you go. There you go, Merle. Now, now I was giving her instructions, man. I was telling you, you got to start it off like a cow moo and then add an RLE. That's what I told her last night. That's what well, I told her last night after the show. One uh, month to perfect it. We will pick this up next month. Mm-hmm. One month. Well, speaking of uh, a great guest that we have tonight, we have Nick T. White from A&E's Cursed the Bell Witch. Nick, right before the break, we were kind of talking about how investigations have kind of slowed down all over North America due to COVID. How has this pandemic really affected what you do down there in Reno? Have you been able to get out as much? Has it changed or has it been pretty much the same for you? I'll tell you what, most of the stuff was uh, while I was still in Tennessee because I had just recently moved here to Reno just a little bit before December. So most of my past little bit uh, experiences with it has been in Tennessee. And it went really... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Wasn't that good? Uh, I lost some family to it. 
uh, some friends as well, a, a really good friend as well, and has uh, have, has watched it tear and rip uh, souls out of people and and just uh, cause all kinds of pain and, and death, and it's not something that uh, I like to see and watch people go through because that's one of the things that I hate to deal with is watching people go through pain. I've always... I've dealt with a lot myself, and and to 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 watch other people go through so much is something that's that that just puts me in my this puts me in my stop. It stops me from doing anything. And you know, hopefully this stuff here will kind of start getting better. It seems like things are going to get better. Like the the event wise, like for the events, uh, it did it locked down pretty much everything. That was the main reason, kind of, that we had came here. There was some uh, TV stuff going on uh, that I'm going to be a part of, but uh, it kind of got put on hold for a while. So we, uh, myself and my teammate, my my buddy Rob Browning, moved here to Reno, Nevada, and kind of settled in. And kind of uh, Reno made us feel at home, so we just kind of made our home in Reno as well and just kind of you know hopefully everything will get better here too uh, but here you know everybody's doing their thing wearing their mask being protective and everybody's cool about it not being weird and just you know everybody just kind of move forward we'll you know we'll get through all of it together work through it and just do our thing you know how has your investigations changed since COVID like for a number of people they're not going into buildings they're going more into na- natural type areas whether it's h- hiking trails where people have maybe passed away or, or graveyards. How about for you? Well, any, anything that I do, it's, it's not technically just going out to check out a ghost. Uh, my, most of my stuff is, is usually cases for families or people will contact me that have issues or things like that. Or, or if I have teams that has issues that, that they may have something a little further than their knowledge, they'll get a hold of me. And I'm, heck, if it's more than my knowledge, I know people that's knows a lot more than I do, you know, so that way we can all get together and work together and stuff. But uh, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a rough go, man, all that stuff. So hopefully we can just all get together and just move forward, buddy. You know what I mean? Merle. Um, it slowed down my investigating quite a bit. I had some projects in the States that I was supposed to go down to a few times, which, well, can't do that. But um, I did do a pretty big investigation a couple weeks ago in a remote town here. Um, They shut the entire building down, so it was all COVID compliant. Um, I'm a stickler with compliance with COVID because, well, I don't want to catch it, and I don't want anyone around me to catch it. So I feel if people are playing safe and respecting the masks, respecting the boundaries and the cleaning and all that, I I think it's okay. Just don't do it in a crowded area or an enclosed space with, like, 20 people. I might get in trouble for saying that. <laughs> well, I, no, you're I, right, man. I agree. Go please. ahead, Nick. No, no, go, please. No, it's my show, so I get the final say. Uh, you go ahead. No, right. <laughs> I knew, I knew we'd get along good. <laughs> I forgot I was even saying. Now you done threw me off. Shit. Well, <laughs> excuse me. I ain't supposed. I ain't supposed to say bad words. Well, that's all right. We'll, we'll let that one slide. But. Uh, Okay, in regards to COVID and the way you've investigated, has it been tougher to get into locations for you now that you moved from Tennessee to Reno, Nevada, and you're trying to establish your paranormal game there? Uh, not really. Uh, this is like he was saying, you know, most, uh, especially here, most people are very safe. Uh, and, and any places right now that I'm really do- getting into is mostly Virginia City. 
Uh, and, and the folks up there, man, they're really on point with everything. So, uh, you know, everybody's really safe about stuff. All the areas that I'll even get to go to for like any of the YouTube sh stuff that I'll do or, or, or personal investigations myself, it's, it's going to be areas where either, you know, they'll already be closed where people won't be involved. Or if I'm up there maybe running a few investigations with people, you know, we'll always make sure everything's really safe because, you know, that's, to me, health's number one, no matter what. So as long as I can keep everybody safe and everybody has a good time, maybe learn something on the way and enjoy some history, that's that's what it's all about. It really is. So tell us about why Virginia City is such an important place to investigate. Well, to me, it's, it's, uh, it's really from my father. Uh, my, my father, he's getting, he's just had a birthday, uh, at April 10th. He's around 80 year old now, and he's lived and breathed the Western life, you know, just 24 seven, you know, I've, uh, right now I, I guarantee if he's watching TV, it's going to be the rifleman or Bonanza. I mean, like it's specifically, specifically Bonanza. Cause if you know, Bonanza, that's a right, that's Ponderosa ranch is just right out down the road. See, that's what the Virginia city that's, that's Bonanza. So having hit one of his favorite shows, Bonanza, and then me having an opportunity to get here and then to find out that there's that here. And then when I dig in, finding out like, you know, Grant, President Grant was here, you know, and then you find out all the the silver mining and where it was like the, the main reason of the stop of the Civil War. And, you know, the Millionaires Club at the Washoe Club is one of the biggest places in the whole area. And, you know, all this stuff is just it's a profound experience for me, not just for the paranormal. And yes, the paranormal, I, I love live and breathe the unknown too, but I, I'm a historic history nut and archaeological, uh, archaeological nut. So getting to go to this place to see all these, uh, you know, these buildings that are still being intact from the early 1800s, you know, and, and to see it and to be a part of it is just, it's, I'm going to tell you, I'll be honest, I cried a little. I mean, I really did. Uh, I, you know, when I first stepped that first that first foot into that town, I mean, it's an experience, you know, looking around and seeing all that and then knowing that after you stand there, that's where these other folks had stood, where that literally where the beginning of the United States is. That's where you're standing. That's 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 the kind of stuff that that makes me excited. But then, yeah, then you get on the other end. There is it's one of the most places in the world and it's you know and, and every time I go up there literally there's either a voice I can catch somewhere or I can get a reaction but I tend to not go in and like go crazy I'm a very respectful person my father taught me respect my military taught me respect martial arts taught me respect and I just I'm a respectful person so when I walk anywhere I go I'll just walk in and say hey my name is Nick I'd love to talk to you if you'd like to talk cool if you don't let me know and I'll head on out and I'll talk to them. I don't go in there raising cane, going crazy, doing none of that kind of stuff. And I felt like when I went to Virginia City, I know it sounds kind of weird, but I felt like I was kind of like in that, you know, that cowboy moment, that Wild West moment where I felt like I needed to be respectful, walk in, talk to the people, let them know that I was a respectful person. I was there to be a part of the town, to, to, to get everybody else out in the world to know there's more than just ghosts in Virginia City. There's amazing people and history that's been there since the early 1800s, you know, and there's, there's, there's more room up in Virginia City for people to move and to make that thing grow again back to what it used to be. I mean, it's, it was a huge boom, and once the silver mining, a silver boom went out, I mean, it went down to nothing. You know, it went down almost 100 people, I think, who lived there right after the silver, silver mining stuff went out. So, I mean, that's, 
you know, to, to be able to be a part to maybe even like, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm anybody. I don't, I'm not nobody, but if, if my little bitty part can help Virginia city to get back anywhere close to what it was or to get the people to, you know, to get some eyes on them or those, those businesses through there, you know, some amazing business. I got this cool little hat. I don't know if you've uh, seen my recent, uh, if you, if you guys follow me on Twitter, I've got, I took a picture of it. I got a hat from this really amazing place called old red garter. And, you listen to this story right here. This is this is what gets me with that. That that uh, that whole place burnt in 1875. A big fire, the Great Fire of 1875, burnt down the whole of Virginia City except for a few single buildings, and one of them was this place. They took the third building of that and made another building, and then built off of that. And so there's remnants of this this original place still there, and these people are still there. So you know that's that's that. See that that's amazing, isn't it? Now, just that kind of history and to be a part of that kind of stuff, and that that's what that's what it draws me there. And then, yeah, it's haunted as crap. <laughs> so, so that's definitely a good time. <laughs> but yeah, for sure, buddy. I'm the same way. I totally geek out on the history and all like the old buildings from the 1800s and that. And then for me, a lot of times the ghost hunting or paranormal investigation is like secondary. I'm like, oh, we have to go do that now in some of these places because you just want to keep looking at all of the old buildings that are intact. And it's like a time capsule. I wish I lived back then. But, you know, Mike, that also brings up a good point, though. And either of you could respond here. But when it comes to the paranormal, we always talk about a lot of the issues that we hear going on in the paranormal. And I think one of them is the fact that a lot of ghost hunters out there being weekend warriors that they are, whether they're in British Columbia, whether they're in Florida, doesn't matter where they are, they're only interested in getting to that location, grabbing the gear, learning one or two points, you know, the famous show me the hot spots that we've seen on TV all the time, show us the hot spots, instead of actually delving into what is the cause and effect of everything? Why do you think, Nick, that we aren't getting more into that cause and effect towards the hauntings? Re- reiterate that question for me a little bit. Well, just in regards to the history, okay? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of these teams go to a location. They're all about, let's just get our gear. Let's go investigate. Let's try and get mm-hmm. some EVPs or get the cameras okay. set up. And okay. they're not doing okay, much with the history. Okay, I feel you. I understand. Uh, kind of like you're just you, you have your different classes of investigators, like really to me. And I, and there's no issues with that because some people like to go out and get a get a thrill. Heck, that's how I started. I was trying to get you know just to get the experience and feel it and understand it and see it, you know. And then you have some that digs in a little further, and then you have you know they have all kinds of different. I I love all of it because to me, anybody that's interested in this with the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Kind of stuff like I am is a great friend of mine because I will sit down and talk to anybody about it at any time. And if you, if you know me from before this, you know I'll just talk your ear off. And heck, you probably heard me enough tonight. You'll know that. <laughs> How about you, Merle? <laughs> um, for me, like I have three locations already locked up and good to go for the summertime this year. And they're all historic places. They're all from the 1800s. And you know what? I could tell you everything about every building in there because I think it's very important for any location. It doesn't matter if you're going to a McDonald's to investigate or an 1800s building. And the reason I use that comparison is because what was at that McDonald's before? Was it a different building? How old is that building? What was the property before? I feel if you're going to go do a paranormal investigation, you, you, you need to dive into the history. You need to figure out all like the, the dramas that happened back in the day, all of the the players of, of the towns and that's who you try and communicate with. Cause if they're the main players of the town, they're definitely going to be the main players of the town in the afterlife as well. You can't just go there, bring your K2 out and get a hit on it and think you found the demon and then blaster it all over YouTube and say, you're the king of that town. That's not how it works. I completely second that buddy. I, that's uh Rob Browning. He's, I talk about him a lot. He, he's my researcher. And one of the best things about having a researcher is just like you just said, when you're going to these specific areas, you've got this knowledge, you're ready, you know, you have everything possible that you can think of just to have that, just like I was mentioning earlier, that muscle reaction, because it's great to learn as much. And plus, like you like you just said, I'm right there with you. I'm a history nut, man. And when I get to dig into some of that stuff and just uh, like I was talking about the Virginia City stuff, man, it's, I mean, I'll cry. Like, you know, I'm, I'll ball out talking about some of this stuff, just to, uh, how how amazing it, it's it some of this stuff is and these locations like uh some i've been like the uh penhurst asylum that was a crazy place learning some of that kind of stuff wheatland's plantation in Sevierville, that was an amazing place learning stuff about there and then getting here to some of these locations and, and learning the history you know it's it's uh, yeah, learning that alexander graham bell actually installed the phone in the Mackay mansion i was like wow oh, what was what was the number two I mean, or three or 3.5. I mean, you know, I mean that's wild that, you know, that's the kind of history that's there. And it's just like, man, that's, that's something, but yeah, to learn that. And as well as what he said, Merle, what Merle said, I mean, it's, it's good to know that kind of stuff because to be able to talk or to bring out some of these entities or spirits or, or people, it's good to know what's going on with them. I mean, like where I'm ex-military, you know, if I'm going in, like uh, for an example, I, I talk about the Mackay mansion a lot cause I'm going to go up there and do a little bit of uh, stuff there. And there's a Colonel there and he, he likes to sit down on the table where Ulysses S grant and the group where they had a lot of the meetings and things. And first thing I thought of, well, you know, as, as I am, I like to go to the top and be respectful and let them know I'm there. So I'm, that's, you know, that's where I'm going to go. I'm going to sit down with the Colonel. First thing we'll say is hi, Colonel. My name's Nick. I'm ex military. So I will show you as much respect as possible. If there's anything I can do to, you know, we, we could talk, you know, I just talk to them just like they were coming into my own house. You know, if you're if somebody's coming into your house, how you want them to talk to you? That's it. If you want to come in there, if they immediately, yeah, right. I mean, if they come in there and start be like, hey, hey, make a noise, hey, knock on this. Well, why? Who the hell are you to tell me this? You know, so if you go in, talk really nice, talk you like just like you're talking to anybody, man. You'll get so much more reaction and so much, and you'll get them to learn your name. Man, I've I've went to places that they will remember my name 
and actually say my name when I'm gone just to see if I can come back around and just say hi to them. And I love that because to me, one of my main theories is nobody's stuck. They go to where they want to go. They will go where they're comfortable, where they may have been comfortable. That's where they want to go. So if they're somewhere and saying, hey, where, where's Nick? I says, what? You know, God, apparently he's comfortable with me coming by and hanging out and talking to him. So, you know, that's, that's yeah, man, it's a good time. You and Merle can hang out when that happens. Hey, we've got about uh, six <laughs> minutes here before we have to go to break at the top of the hour here. Goes to the Great White North with Merle and Nick T. White joining us as our special guest. Nick, do you have a a story that really – normally people always ask, what's your spookiest story? What's the funniest ghost story that you have that you could share with us? Oh, funniest? Huh, okay. That's that. I have never had anybody ask me that, so that is a great question. <laughs> uh, let me run it through the funniest. Uh Everything's been pretty scary and serious. I always say very, fairly serious on my investigations just because of my ex-military stuff. So it's, it's usually, if it's funny, it's because of me, and it's because of me being around dolls. Man, I, I know it's a, a thing with a lot of people, but, man, me and dolls just don't, don't mix a lot. So I tend to kind of come around a corner and there's a doll. I'm going to squeal a tad, but then I'll just come back around the corner and try to fight it. So, I mean, you know, I might, it might get me a second. But man, I'm coming back after that thing. So you know, hey, that's. But yeah, I mean, that's the only. That's the only thing I can think of. Maybe it's just me, just kind of some of that silliness, just the way I am. I I get so serious when I get on investigations that I just break character once in a while accidentally because I'm something will just throw me off of my game and I'll just be like, ah, oh, oh, what am I doing? Or something silly or nuts, you know. And, but sometimes, man, that right there will get a good reaction, you know, because it's that happy mode or happy mood or or maybe they kind of get a kick out of me just being a fool. I mean, <laughs> whatever it is, but sometimes I get a little bit better reaction after stuff like that. So, you know, who knows? <laughs> Are you are you a screamer? Is that what you're saying? You know, like Ross, like our buddy Ross Allison, that you know he he walks in there. You know, he's got you know Eye of the Tiger, you know, playing in the background, getting ready to go fight the ghost. He's got the Zoolander walk going on, and the minute something happens, it's ah, screaming his head oh, off. No. Come on, no, Ad- no, admit no. it, buddy. No, no, admit no, it, Nick. No, no, no. I feel you. No, no. It's no. You, you won't catch me doing that. I'm usually the one that'll bow up and like get into like this fighting stance accidentally, and then I'm out like, and then usually it's my buddy saying, "What are you gonna, what are you gonna punch? It's air, you know." Stuff like that. That's that's what it usually is. I, the the little gets the little gets I like like that is when I'm around them blame dolls or friggin' clowns or something do like that. And I hate them dolls, man. They just every time you walk around and they look at you. And they just kept staring. You go around the corner, and they're still looking at you. And then you peep around the corner back at you, and then they're still staring at you. What is it about these dolls, man? They're always watching. <laughs> you know, watching you know Mer- Merle was actually, a couple of years ago, almost killed by a doll. Oh, no good. You tell the story, Dave. It's you, your turn this time. Well, I, I didn't experience it. Merle, you got to speak this half hour. You're under quota for words. Dude, I've spoken a lot. Fine, I'll tell the story. It was... In- 2015 three minutes three minutes oh boy okay that'll be easy um i was with a team in 2015 we were up at a quinell museum which is about an hour north of dave and there's a doll there called mandy the we call her mandy the haunted doll her name's mandy um she has conflicting stories some say she was found in an abandoned building some say she was donated from a family um this was a time where i'm like yeah haunted dolls are cool and all but i don't think they can do anything to you um 
one of the investigators, what he just started staring at this doll and wouldn't look away for a good 10 minutes, um, snapping around, like abrasively snapping around his head, his ears, his eyes, wouldn't, wouldn't blink, wouldn't do anything. And then 10 minutes goes by and he breaks and he's white as a ghost, no pun intended, and then um, runs outside and pukes all over the parking lot there. And he says he didn't know what happened. He just tranced out. And then right before we were about to start our investigation, I'm like, all right, guys, I'm just going to go out and grab a snack, and then um, we'll, we'll do our thing. Um, I'm walking out to my truck. Just I think I had whatever candy or something in there. And um, the last thing I remember was walking to my truck and opening the door. And then um, I wake up to one of our investigators, Derek, shaking me awake. What had happened, I had tranced out, I guess. And um, I'd walked towards the highway. And I was starting to walk onto the highway. This was in the middle of the night. So in the, the traffic, well, not in the middle of the night, late night. There was a lot of traffic going on. And, um, yeah, clearly almost got smoked by a vehicle. But what had happened prior to me getting my snack was I, I kind of stared at Mandy being like, you got basically... You can't do anything to me. And um, I had done wrong. She clearly did something to me. And I blame the doll for that to this day. You may have got it to that, that challenge. I mean, it's yeah. always that challenge line. When you put that challenge on on things, man, sometimes it'll they'll get on you like that. And that sounds like she may have possessed you there for a minute or just took a hold of you or something just where you was out of yourself. I was trying, whole, to kill you, trying to yeah, kill you. Yeah, I got a whole new respect for haunted items. I actually... That's one of the things my team does is we, we acquire and investigate them. And if we deem they're haunted, we send them down to Ross Allison for his haunted museum in Seattle. Oh, wow. That's cool, man. I'll okay. keep that in mind. I, I, there's a few people once in a while I come across that, that would need somebody to take their items from, you know, because I don't want to keep them. I got cats and I don't need none of that around my house. <laughs> I want them, then I'll send them to uh, Hey, right on, buddy. I got that's awesome. I got that good. I got somebody to send stuff to. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. You know, it's always good. Guys, we got about 30 seconds here before we go to break here at the top of the hour. And when we come back from the break, Nick and Merle and our beautiful audience, I want to get into some of your more spookier stories that that you have encountered. Because the one thing our audience loves, Nick, is they love a good ghost story. And I'm hoping that when we come back in the next half hour, you can share a few of those with us. That'd be great, man. I'd love to. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. We got Merle. Yeah, Merle from Ghost of the Great White North here on Spaced Out Radio. We bring him in once a month to hang on out and talk all ghosts with us. He's with the Paranormal Road Trippers based out of Vancouver, British Columbia. And our special guest tonight from A&E's Cursed, the Bell Witch series, we have Nick T. White. We're talking ghosts all night long here on Spaced Out Radio. So stay tuned. Merle will be back with Nick and myself right after this. Good stuff. All right. Good stuff, man. I'm glad you had me on, man. It's a good time. You guys are awesome. Hey, glad thanks, you're man. I'm glad you're having a good time. You guys chat away. I'm going to go uh, let the dogs out. And remember, YouTube can hear you. All right. YouTube can hear you. Good, good to know. <laughs> right. Uh, so, Merle, how you doing, buddy? Living the dream, man. Enjoying the show. 
wanting to yeah. go investigate more. Yeah, I got, I got a lot. Um, I, was, I had a couple of projects to do in the States. Um, but unfortunately, with COVID, I have to wait till it's over and we can travel again. Um, be- yeah, I miss going down there because we investigate a lot in the States, actually, up and down the coast. We had last year planned to go to Virginia City, 2020. Yeah, we wanted to go to Virginia City and all through there. Um, and investigate. We'd even, like, I booked a place and everything, like, oh. way long time ago. Uh-huh. But, yeah, it is what it is. It's well, so I'm out here now, buddy, so we'll, if we can, if you get you set up to go again, you let me know, buddy. We'll we'll rock it out. I 100% am down for that. Absolutely. Good. Well, hopefully, yeah. we'll, there'll be some cool stuff, man. There's so many things all up and down that town, man. We'll run all up through every bit of it. <laughs> yeah, man, I love the Frontier stuff. All the old, like, cowboy-style buildings. There's so much history. Um, I just wish a lot of people would, because that's what I do. I lean on the history before even the paranormal aspect. Like, obviously, I look for... You type into Google haunted locations and whatnot, but I I really only bite on them if they have really good history. Um, like obviously we do a lot of private investigations for people's houses and, and other places like that, but they, yeah, the history is kind of kind of my game. That's um, good like, to know, man. Yeah, we have a real, like there's a place called Sandin, British Columbia, up here. It's an old silver mining town from the oh. 1800s, and all that's left are three buildings. Oh, wow. And it used to be a giant, thriving with thousands of people. And um, we investigated there last year, and we're going to go back this year. Um, But it's it's, kind of neat seeing all these towns. There's another one called Granite Creek. This is, again, in British Columbia. And um, it was an old silver mining town. Thousands of people. There were multiple bordellos, pubs, hotels, all, you know, like the big frontier-style town. Yeah. All gone. There's like three little broken buildings. And it's wow. just, it blows my mind seeing these towns of what it once was to what it is mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. But I feel like you can feel the energy there. It's bigger than what it looks like. Like, yeah, it's awesome. The energy, yes, for sure. Absolutely. That the I was looking into, there was one like uh, Bodie, California that's close. That was one like that that's got like a few little bitty small ghost town areas in that to where it was still part of a lot of this stuff with the with the gold stuff and everything. And then there's um, I, I just went to a little fort uh, that's uh, right down from here called Fort Churchill was that was in around that same time. So there's a lot of really cool stuff like that around here that hopefully I'll be able to get some good videos on even just for like the history alone. Cause that's mainly like you say, I mean, I, I like to look for that now, especially because to me, everybody already knows there's ghosts, but they also want to know what is going on and why, what they did or, you know, even what their life was about. That's the, you know, you kind of want to know that too. when you go into, say you're sitting down an investigation, you want to know what their life was about, how you're going to relate to it. You know, I mean, how are you going to sit down and talk to them and say, I don't know, you liked coffee. Would like you know maybe they like coffee when they sat down and every morning there's something be like hey man you know I like to sit down and drink some coffee in the mornings too let's hang out you know I don't absolutely know, you know what I mean yeah so it, yeah man it helps out a lot I agree with that it's not about the knock three times if you're here it's, uh, it's <laughs> right. the more meaty questions I like to. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Uh, I get I get one or two good little, re- you know, the reaction questions, like at least to get an intelligent reaction. And then once it's there, shoot, I dig it right in. Then, and then they yeah. just might as well just start and just start answering some crazy questions then. <laughs> I, I agree. I do ask the basic <laughs> there. for fun, though. Oh, he's got the, he's got it. 
Dude, that's not my signature. Don't no, you're already forging. That didn't take long. Oh, your signature is sitting beautifully in here, man. Okay. Sitting beautifully in here. Okay. Oh yeah, we like a good autograph here every now and again. We do. Stuff, buddy. We got about else. two minutes, boys. As <laughs> this cool, cool, man. I'm ready. Reading the chat here. Eastern Washington is also on my list. There's about four or five places. Um, as Katie was saying on the chat, I'll go to Eastern Washington. It's on the list. By the way, Duke Duke from World Bigfoot Radio says Merle. Everyone says Merle. <laughs> Off World <laughs> Adam, good to see you. Uh, let's see here. Raztaz, thanks for coming on in. Oh, hey, Clam. It's Izaza. How are you? Jeez, we just, we're sitting at 119 people right now. Merle, we may have a new record for you. Uh, before we... Uh, let, it was 121. Was yeah, it was. All right, let's uh, give a big shout-out right now to everybody who has donated to the Super Chat tonight. Mr. Catfish times 2, Nikki Star, Iberata in Singapore, The Dirt Road, Fapster, and Ken in Texas. Thank you so much for supporting Spaced Out Radio. We really do appreciate your generosity. A great way to also support this show is if you're brand new, hit that subscribe button. We really appreciate it. We just passed 11,200 just today. We're at 11,217 subscribers as we continue to build on up here, and we appreciate it. And uh, don't forget to hit that ring that bell as we are live every Monday through Friday night here starting at 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern. We are about 15 seconds away from hanging on out and restarting with Nick and Merle here on Ghosts of the Great White North. We got a great audience tonight. Thank you, everyone, for tuning us on in. Robert Dixon, good to see you. Thanks for joining us. Spookles the Awesome Cat. Here we go. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook, Spaced Out Radio Show. Hour number two of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Dave Scott, and we really do appreciate you listening on in for a night of ghouls, goblins, and ghosts. We want to say thank you to everyone tuned on in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America digitally on TalkStream Live, Revolution Radio, and KPNL. All of our archives are free by going to youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Just do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Redappertization. Redappertization is your password. Use it wisely, space travelers, as the clam sets a password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com, where we have a plethora of features for you, including rocking out to Bumblefoot and reading up on Captain Shirk's SOR Newswire. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show. We continue on tonight with Ghosts of the Great White North from the Paranormal Road Trippers, my good co-host, probably the best paranormal investigator across Canada. We got Merle here, and joining us from A&E's Curse, the Bell Witch Show, we have Nick T. White, who's now stationed out of Reno, Nevada. Gentlemen, welcome back to the show. Thank you, buddy. Not Thanks, a problem. Dave. So I just got a quick question for you. I've been thinking about this. Since you have all your your fans calling me Merle, yes, um, 
Katy Perry calls her fans Katy Cats. Yeah. And Lady Gaga calls them little monsters. So can I call the people that call me Merle? I could call them my herd. The Merle herd. Because you know, the like Merle the moon. Get it? See, see what I did there? No, not at all. Oh, come on. I don't get it. I'm not going to. You know, I'm with you, man. The oh, Merle yeah. moon. A herd, herd of cattle. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I get that now. That works for me. Merle, speaking of questions, Tristan has a question for you. And Nick, we'll get you to follow no. up with uh, your answer right after this. Uh, Tristan is asking, Merle, what's your most chilling ghost encounter that you found historical evidence upon research? Well, in 2015, I was in a town called Barkerville. And um, March, to be exact. And there was still a lot of snow on the ground. And um, I was with a previous team. And we were in one of the the Tong buildings. So the Tong were Chinese immigrants working on the mines, the railroads, and all the gold claims at the at the time back in the 1800s. And the invest as myself and another investigator, I was filming him while he was asking EVP questions and whatnot. And um, we went into the de- the part where they eat, like the kitchen area, the common room. And um, he said, "Are any of you people in here?" And in my mind, I'm like, oh, you can't say that like that nowadays. Because, and all of a sudden, he's like, dude, it's getting cold in here, colder than how it's been. And then he said how he just felt like he walked through cobwebs. Then all of a sudden, people who investigate will understand what I mean when the energy shifted. Like, you're all, oh, this is fun. Let's film our friends trying to get some evidence to more of a serious tone right quick. And all of a sudden, he started to freak out and flail his arms, flail his body. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Saying his back was burning. And then he ran outside like a like a bat out of hell. And then I he left me kind of alone in there. And I go follow him outside. And then I turn the light on on my camera. And um, he had already taken his shirt off, started to take almost off and he had three giant scratches on his back and the, the the more eerie scary part of that is they were fresh scratches and you know when you accidentally scratch yourself on a berry bush or whatnot you can see the bump raising of where you've you've made your skin angry it was like three 10 inch long scratches on his back and you can just see them raising from the from irritation that was pretty chilling to me i uh didn't know what to make of that because he's a pretty straight edge, straight edge, honest guy. I was with him the entire time, and to see the fear in that man's eyes when that happened got real right quick. 
How about for you, Nick? What What was the question? In, in regards <laughs> to were you let me grab it here for a quick second here okay <laughs> i got interested in his story and i lost the question man that's pretty wild man that story that's insane yeah that's some that's some scary stuff right there it was in regards to uh let's see here about your your weirdest scariest experience that actually showed evidence of history as well from tristan uh that actually showed evidence of history as well uh, well, I can tell you there's one spot uh, that was kind of a little mixed history, kind of got me a little surprised. Uh, this one's a little bit of a more of a known place, which I try to not really name a lot of known places because that's where I try to go is where people don't usually go. Uh, but uh, the, uh, the Wheatlands Plantation, that's in Sevierville, Tennessee. And um, I, I was going there first uh, just because of where I'd, I, you know, I'd heard a little about it. I wanted to kind of go up there, check it out. There was, of course, a little bit of paranormal history. And there's a lot more history there with the uh, Native American massacre and things like that. Uh, uh, the Cherokee Trail of Tears. There's a lot of other kind of stuff like that that went on through there. Um, but I'd, I'd went there um, a couple few times. And um, one, this one time, this uh, fella, the guy that was curating, was telling me that this spot had... Uh, apparently, I didn't verify all of it completely, uh, but I did some of it that there was apparently five different vortexes on this whole property. Um, and they were, you know, apparently having all kinds of different stuff, everything from there was uh, slave issues there. There was like a voodoo queen priestess or something that was haunting the area. Uh, and you guys can actually dig into this. It's it's the Wheatlands Plantation. Uh, I think some some teams had went there before, but uh, but the thing that I, that brought me up about this up was there was there were a lady uh, that uh, after Katrina uh, was screaming for her husband uh, at the Wheatlands Plantation uh, that was to do with this Katrina. There was uh, questions that was involved that that was uh, saying this is what even got even more me thinking about the Einstein Rosen bridge, the wormhole and trying to dig into more of the multiverse and stuff, because you've got something like this, the, uh, this lady that had died in Katrina, that is uh, in a completely different area that is trying to find her husband that apparently had died in the same area. That's not even in the same area anymore. That, that, that kind of stuff. It, it's a little surprising. Now I can tell you something uh, seeing that, that to me, it was a little bit of a history because it kind of got me more digging into like, uh, how in the world is somebody from Katrina or any of that other stuff? Like there's a lot more uh, at Wheatland's plantation. I really, really wish I could have dug into that because, uh, the fellows that had owned it before had to let it go. And then I think somebody like lives in it now, which I have no idea how, uh, cause there's like, uh, dogs that haunts the area. Like somebody had visited the area and took off and then like, say two or three down two or three hours down the road they called back to the place and told the fellas uh that she had a dog or like something like panting in her back seat like <laughs> and she had no dog or nothing like that and she she was like why well, i think your dog ghost dog came with me and he literally called the dog by name and this thing started scratching around in the kitchen back where he was and it was gone out of her seat and things like that that's what gets me i'm like dude what? how does that even happen like that kind of stuff now, something scary, when I was younger, this is one of the scariest moments that I've ever had. When I was younger, uh, me and my best friend used to walk around the, the railroad tracks a lot when we lived in uh, near Nashville, near Smyrna, Tennessee. 
And there was this warehouse that was abandoned for a long time, and it was a residential right beside of it, people hearing things and having issues, stuff like that. But no electricity, nothing like that, nowhere, nothing. Nobody even went to this place in, I don't know, probably 50 years or more, at least 50 years or more. And apparently somebody had recently, before we went over there, there was like some pushing or some kind of stuff, people getting attacked, things like that. Started having more issues and stuff. This is kind of when I kind of got more of that protective mode into the paranormal field than just kind of looking around for stuff. And we got in there and, and I, I mean, I, I don't jump on the demon train very easily. And I, I don't really know even if this was what that was, but I'm going to tell you it's something pretty blame evil that was enough to have me perked up pretty well and had my butthole puckered ready to rock. <laughs> so I got back in the back of this warehouse and it's this back room. Uh, there are no lights. It's kind of like a cubicle, just shut off one door, all that in the back room. So here I am doing like I am. I'll go in anywhere. I don't care. I'm not scared. I'll go in whatever. So here I am by myself in the back of the warehouse. My buddy's outside. So I get stand up next to the wall because I always try to put something behind my back. I don't know if that's just natural reaction or military, but I always try to put something on my back so I know something ain't getting me. Next thing I know, I start hearing little cracks, creakles, cr you know, crinkles, whatever in the floor, kind of walking towards me a little bit. I kind of spoke out, asked a few questions. I can't tell you what I asked. I couldn't, I can't remember. So I don't want to tell you. Uh, it, uh, probably due to the fact of is something there, something, what's, it, what's there, things like that. Once it got a little bit closer, it was probably a good foot away from my face. And uh, easy way to describe it, you know, when a horse does this kind of like a, like that kind of thing. It was like that kind of breathing on my face, and I felt the air from it and literally looked into something in the eyes that was I could see through red. No, I couldn't see no figure, no nothing, just see through reddish kind of stuff, breathing on my face. It had me scared, just, you know, scared. I was about to cuss again, but just really scared. So uh, next thing I know, the only thing I knew what to do even at that time, I just said, Lord, I said, help me. I need, I need help out of this situation. I don't know what to do. And somehow it just felt like I was on a, on a funny, funny, uh, funny example, but I'm a big, big nerd. So I felt like Iron Man putting on this thing on a, like a friggin' armor and stood up and felt like I wanted to fight this thing. So I just started walking toward it like you would like an alpha a dog, like you would a dog, like walking towards it and literally just walked out of the room and got out of that thing as fast as I could and went outside. But I went back after that and started doing more investigations. Never really did come across that thing alone, but there was a lot of more other things picked up. We got shadows and other things like that, but literally that's probably one of the most scariest besides being a part of that Bell Witch Cave that I've ever had to deal with uh, that's not like a person, you know, or like being shot or something like that. <laughs> for those of us who don't know about the Bell Witch, I would love for you to explain the history of this really eerie tale i can tell you a little bit because there's so many different theories out there i can tell you what i've learned and my theory on it and the few things that i've learned um uh, my own experience what i've learned is the few theories that sound more plausible uh one actually is uh there's a movie actually made out of one of the most famous theories and that was an american haunting it's got sissy spacek Kiefer Sutherland and all that in there. That's that's one of the more famous theories with the, you know, the the demonic entity that's the or the well the the evil entity that's supposedly the quote unquote Bell Witch, Kate Bats, you know, has supposedly she had been um, picking. Well, she they had thought that she was a, a a witch because she was one of those old school herbalists. She was a medicine person, and she would help people. And so, of course, you know, way back when, they're, they're going to immediately think anybody out of the ordinary is grabbing weeds and stuff out of the forest and bringing it to help people. They're going to be like, ah, witch. 
So that's a, you know that. And of course, you know, sometimes she'd she'd scream out saying, "Hey, I curse you, you this and that." There's other theories, some that about like John had had uh, like land issues with a lot of folks, even with her. There was issues. Uh, the, another theory, something about like uh, Kate Batts and him had had some kind of like a love affair that had it uh, some kind of something going on as well. I mean, there's so many different other theories, but what I experienced myself when I went there was I did pick up a few voices on the show and off of the show at the John Bell gravesite alone. When I went to the cave itself, I had to have an entity pulled off of me because I got too excited to be on TV. And one of the main things that I always teach people, tell people is you got to protect yourself. And how funny that I got too excited to be on TV and I didn't protect myself. But it, it, it's a powerful place there, the Bell Witch Cave itself, because there's Native American aspects to this whole story. The main thing to me is there's no real technical Bell Witch. Kate Batts might have had issues and things, all that, but she was a wonderful woman. She helped people. She got a bad rep just because they didn't know what in the world things happened back then. Uh, you know, they, they even on, on our show, we had some like distant family members and they'll tell you the same thing. It's just, you know, people had just a wrong idea back then. But what to me is it's a Native American thing. You know, the, the young boy, uh, Drury Bell, had went with his buddy to the mound, which was right above that um, uh, cave and took out a skull to, uh, you know, had tea, all this and took away, took that out of that gravesite, took it back home. So immediately, you're, you know, of course, you're going to have something going on. I mean, so never did like they dropped some teeth or dropped some stuff, lost a skull, lost some bones. I don't know what exactly what it was, but they lost some of it, didn't get it all back. And of course, that then stuff started happening. So, I mean, you know, there's there, of course, there's going to be things happening. You take things out of a Native American burial ground. I mean, it's got protection alone already. And you're disrespecting the family and ancestral burial. You know, something's going to happen, too. So that's to me that. Is what the Bell Witch story is all about. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So you've had some kids, made a date, grabbed some things out of the wrong place, and didn't really know how to put it back the right way and just never did close that gate and you know that stuff just kept coming through and you know there's there's the native american sentinel that's in the cave that's protecting the rest of the entities that's in there so i mean you, there's there's more to dig into that place and and uh, hopefully you know it, I, that'd be cool if i could get back there that'd be wonderful but if i can't it'd be wonderful you know if we can get some more people down there to really dig in and see what's going on if we can maybe at least appease the spirits there you know because like i said i've got cherokee in my family and i found out i may have apache as well so i mean uh, you know I've, I, I want to you know make sure that the land and the people as well is is, is at peace not just you know us that's living you know it's it's more about a whole not just us in your episode, because I um of the Bell Witch, you guys are by the gravestone, and mm-hmm. 
the truck alarm goes off. Yeah. What, can you run me through that? And was yeah. the back tail light busted? Yeah, sure can. When we was sitting there, we were actually in the middle of, I think we're doing a pendulum or something. And they were supposedly, which is what I was hearing from, and they supposedly some of these locals that weren't really too happy about people doing some stuff in that area because that area where we got, and this is one of the reasons that it, they didn't even show this, and they won't show this, so you'll notice uh, how to actually get to that gravestone specifically. So you, you have that issue already. They, uh, you know, they had a little bit issue with some folks that had been there before doing some stuff, and they were kind of already a little bit on their edge with us. Then once we were in that middle of that investigation, next thing you know, you hear a crash. And then all of a sudden, you know, and then you hear, wah, wah, and then it's it. I mean, then you literally see, the only thing that it didn't show that you didn't see is once we finally got up there, I kind of come around the corner, and I saw where all that stuff was laying broke down, and then I just kind of let them know, and, and we just kind of ended up cleaning up and taking off, get out of there as quick as we could. But, I mean, you know, it's it's the kind, you know, it's it's not really down in anybody. You know, sometimes people are very protective over stuff, and some things don't really need to be, you know, trampled by a lot of people. So you know, I understand. I don't have no issue with that. They didn't hurt us. They didn't hurt no person. I mean, if it, somebody wants to break a tail light, break a tail light's fine. As long as they hurt, didn't hurt nobody down there. And it, you know, I mean, you got three military guys down there, so I'm sure they wouldn't have bothered us too much. But, <laughs> so, but yeah, it was pretty wild, man. It was a, it was a weird experience. Cause I mean, you know, we're down there just trying to, you know, do our thing, do some filming, learn some stuff, have a good time, you know, learn some, talk to some ghosts and stuff. And then you get this kind of, more of a realistic aspect of something. Now you got to put your ears up a little bit for some some more dangerous things. That's that's more physical, you know. And then you got all these random people running around that's doing camera work, and then you got some out that's you know out in the darker areas, and you can't tell if they're going to be you know that kind of stuff. It it's uh, it's a little iffy, but nah, we was all safe. It's something you know we got to got in and out, and yeah, that was it. And then we went to the cave, and there were people around there, so it was good to go. <laughs> Plenty of people. Even though you had a bloodline family member with you on that investigation, the locals still didn't like you being around there. Well, mine, mine doesn't. It's it's just Cherokee, you know, and and not really technically there in that. I don't, it was John, John, yeah, uh, John, John, yeah, yeah. Well, see, John, John, he was a direct descendant of Betsy, and uh, let's see, Robert Bell. Uh, he was a direct descendant of, of John as well. But it's it's just something about that that aspect of being somewhere in an area where people don't want you to be and don't want other people to really know about. Cause you know, it's, and especially once you get some folks that kind of go through and cause a bunch of problems and then kind of it's, it's already gets them a little on edge. And then, you know, you come through and kind of seem like you might be doing the same thing. And it's just kind of one of them, you know, you just kind of have to, it's just be real careful. You just got to be respectful, tell everybody, be open about everything you're doing. And that's why I always tell anybody you go on these investigations, whether you're doing TVs or you're filming or you're just doing your own thing, make sure you go straight to the people that own these places or straight to the top and talk and tell them, let them know, you know, like I was telling you about the Virginia city, I know this is kind of funny, but I walked into the sheriff's office when I went to, to visit, like I felt, I, and I walked in kind of funny, like I took my hat off, put it down. I said, well, I felt like I just need to let them all know I was in town, <laughs> but you know, it's kind of the same thing. You know, it's just, it's just all about, you know, uh, telling everybody where you're at and and just be safe just just be safe where you're at that evp you guys got did it actually say betsy the one on the graveyard? 
Oh man, dude, I, I had uh, I had one say Betsy. I had one uh, after everybody. Lit. This is the coolest thing, and I wish I could have got them to put this on the show, but it was of course wasn't on film. The uh, right after everybody kind of geared up, we put up because we had a, a van. Let's see, we had a van that had our equipment, and then we had two other vehicles that was out in like the the edge of the forest area where we were at, where the farm and stuff was. And once everybody's packed up, I was like, well, I'm going to run over here. I'm just going to kind of sit down just for a minute or two and see if I can catch anything. And I, I went back and literally, like, I had this dude talking to me almost intelligently. Wow. And, like, yeah, it was, it was amazing. That gravestone, see, the thing it was about that gravestone, it, that was not even the original gravestone. Like, that had been stolen and replaced. Hmm. So, like, that, I mean, just that whole area. So that's just tell me, like, the area. Because even, yeah, I even walked away a little bit and still caught another something. I couldn't hear what that one was, but man, it was, it was something else that area right there. And then catching all that extra stuff, we, and then in, in the cave we got grabbed on our shoulder. Me and uh, Chad got grabbed on our shoulder, and they didn't show that on the the show as well as me getting sick, which was kind of weird. But hey, you know, That's good footage. <laughs> yeah. But I, you know, it's part of it. <laughs> did you um did you take anything home with you like did any of the residual energy no that like i said like the the little bit of stuff i had to get pulled off of me i got back i got that junk off of me before i got too far because i you know i at the time live with family and stuff like that and I'm, I'm not trying to bring none of that around i I might be able to cleanse it off or fight it eventually but that's just something i don't want to bring around to other folks what do you do for protection i think dave said we have two minutes 90 seconds uh, uh, 90 seconds uh well this is what i do we just start doing like the micro micro machines guy you know talking <laughs> no but uh the most thing is is of course i'm i'm an ordained minister so I, I i work with the lord a lot he helps me a whole lot but i'll tell you the, the other few things is i've got into crystals and stones a lot because there's a lot more to those than a lot of people think um, I, I dug in more on the science end because I've started calling myself more of a scientist because of the stuff that I try to lay out is more of a scientific explanation of things. Uh, stones like these different stones, amethysts, uh, crystal quartz, rose quartz, uh, just, you know, all these different types. These things are like battery, uh, battery capacitors. When you sit them out under the sun or the, the moon, whether it be solar energy or gamma radiation from the moon, they collect this type of energy. And whether it be something that may protect you against some kind of, of say, quote-unquote evil entity, it may give a, a natural fight against a unnatural energy, just like two magnets that are uh, a different polarization do. Like, that's how sometimes those energy do, because this negative energy, like, even when they use, like, people use sage, it's the same difference. Like, that's cleansing negative energy in the air, not just, like, say, bad ghosts, like, it actually cleanses bad energy like your bad you know negative energy so it's the same difference i'm losing my train of thought because my cat got up here oh, oh yeah that, cat. that's all right <laughs> gentlemen i'm gonna get you to hold on right there because we are going to go to break here at the bottom of the hour ghost of the great white north with our good buddy merle from the paranormal road trippers based out of vancouver british columbia also paranormal investigator Nick T. White out of Reno, Nevada, via Tennessee, via A&E's Cursed the Bell Witch. We're talking more ghost stories with you on Space Out Radio when we come back.
cat. <laughs> All right, yeah. boys, we're clear. The <clears throat> uh, cat's I'm going to go fill my drink. Oh, Merle, before you go, I do have a question from Timber Hunter in the chat room. And Timber Hunter was asking you, how many shots does it take to take down a demonic grouse staring you down in the middle of the road? As many it does his other knee. Thirteen shots, eh? There's two. Thirteen. No proof. We have <laughs> eyewitness testimony. No proof. I was That's cheering not, on not the grouse. Real. And you were telling me to shut up, and I was cheering on the grouse at nope. this point after shot nine. I do not recall of this time. Oh, I recall. I totally I recall. Go I get your drink. Recall. Go get your drink. <laughs> oh, Merle. We decided to take Merle hunting one time up here. We were looking for grouse, and well... I was the I was the spotter because I don't have my so hunting before license. I go I will defend myself <clears throat> <laughs> and the old timber hunter gonna need a new knee now other knee um, agrees that the red dot scope that was on the twenty two was not sighted in mm-hmm. that's all I'll say mm-hmm. so this whole story's irrelevant next story mm-hmm. thirteen <laughs> shots. And the the stupid part about it is, the grouse didn't move off the road. It stood there. It stood there like if I don't move, they won't see me. Right in the middle of the road. This sounds interesting. Merle I'd like got, to check that one out. Merle got about fifteen feet away from it before he finally got dinner. <laughs> With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. 15 feet. That's wild. Yep. Uh, Why doesn't Timber Hunter tell the story of me doing the 200-yard shot with one bullet? That's a better story. Nobody was there. No, nothing recorded. We don't know if that happened. I'm just saying. We don't know if it happened or not. I wasn't there. I didn't see it. <laughs> proof, he says. Proof. <laughs> Where's the proof? Oh, Mer- Oh, Timber Hunter! Timber Hunter is responding here, Merle. Timber Hunter is responding. 
<laughs> Gross gave Merle the old stink eye. That's right. That's right, Timber <laughs> Hunter. That's right. Little Marky Spender right there. Oh, yeah. That was fantastic. Uh, that still makes me <laughs> laugh. What? Like, more like what doesn't Dave smoke? Dave only has a cigarette and the odd cigar. The odd cigar. Dave doesn't smoke anything else. <laughs> mm-hmm. No hippie lettuce for this guy or anything stronger. Oh, let's see here. Merle, are you back? Yeah, I am. Why did you turn your camera off? Turn up. Is that so we couldn't see your chair? Maybe. Why is your camera off? My camera's on. How do you know? Because I could see the blue lights on it. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how many people in my who come into my chat room think I'm a pothead because I live in BC. <laughs> not everybody not in Canada happens. smokes pot, man. Some of us are lame. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that, though. It's oh, it, it, a good thing it. sometimes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Helps to ease the mind. Mm-hmm. You know we're already getting forest fires up here? Wow, already? Yeah. Yeah. Like we had like we had like six feet of snow in certain areas here. And we're already getting brush fires up here. Like it went like like in like three weeks previous, it was like minus twenty degrees Celsius. And now it's like eighteen degrees <laughs> Celsius above zero. We're getting fires already. All right, guys, hold on. We got 10 seconds. And uh, hey, Stetson, John, how you doing, buddy? Olin, thanks for coming on in. Vinster, thank you for joining the Super Chats. Here we go, everyone, the second half. past the halfway point of Space Out Radio tonight. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for tuning us in. We really do appreciate earning your listening ears. We want to remind you that if you've missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website, spacedoutradio.com, where we have a plethora of features for you including rocking out to Bumblefoot and reading up on Captain Shirk's SOR Newswire. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show. We continue on with Ghosts of the Great White North. From the Paranormal Road Trippers, based out of Vancouver, British Columbia, height unknown, weight unknown, we got Merle. And from Reno, Nevada, weighing in at 210 pounds, Six foot two military veteran Nick T. White. They are a tag team of paranormal stories for you, and we appreciate having these guys on. Gentlemen, welcome back. Thank you, Dave. 
Can we come out Thank just you, to cult music? <laughs> Nothing original. <laughs> Nothing originally. Let's go to the Bell Witch Caves. Let's 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 roll there. Tell us about the caves. Oh yeah, let's do that. I'm ready for it. <laughs> I can tell you a lot about that stuff. Have you have you ever got to go in anything like that, like a cave that's had uh, you know like a haunting or anything, any monsters or anything like that? I've had no cave monsters. I've okay. nope. No, it's it's pretty wild, man. Uh, I, before I even got to go there, which I, I really felt blessed to do it because, I mean, I, I grew up there right beside of Nashville, Laverne, Tennessee, and, and that's barely like an hour or so away. Heard about this place for just years on end and just never got to go. And then just just lucky, just I think it's just pure luck is how I got it. Uh, they just called me and said, hey, you know, we heard you're investigator. You live near the area. Could you help us out? And I said, yes. So that's kind of how I got to go. And I felt blessed to get to go. And then once I did, uh, it was something, man. And uh, Just walking into the, like the front door, there's like a gate like kind of thing. And as soon as you walk through that little threshold of the gate of that cave, I mean, it feels like you're just getting pressured, like you're getting smushed, like like a like a car would go up in one of them little guys that goes before you throw them away, just smush them down. That's what your body feels like when you first walk into that, that first little threshold. Wow. It goes through like a small little, uh, like a, uh, like a little aisle, like a hallway ish. I guess it's the easiest way you could call it. And then it opens up when you get to that first little spot where it opens up right there. I mean, you feel something. I, I felt something kind of towards the right side of that cave because uh, uh, people even had talked about like there's apparently some kind of vortex or wormhole or something to that effect in that area. But it, it feels like a, just a static charge to me. So I don't really know what I was feeling or what I've seen. But then you, uh, the to the left of that is where this small little grave, like a gravesite spot is. And what the, what the lady had said, it was like it was a, a young girl well, throughout this whole time we were there, I kept seeing this young girl. It's funny that they said that it was John that was seeing her, but, you know, that's TV for you. But I, I seen this girl a, a few times, saw her at the hotel before we even went to the cave. I saw her at this little house before you go down the little path down to the cave, and I also saw her at the cave. And then I ended up finding out once we got in there when we're having that little small interview. I got a clip of this actually on the on my YouTube uh, where we're standing there and she's telling us a little about that spot. Well, then come to find out that that could have been that girl. So and then she and then the lady, Chris, she tells us about like she had saw some she couldn't tell if it was a boy or a girl, but she said long hair. So I uh, who knows. But like like this person had walked into uh, like a, a wormhole or something like behind something, but it was nothing there. So, I mean, just there, that that already before I even got in. And then once we got back further in there, we started getting all kinds of sounds uh, we, I heard this crazy scream way back in the far back. I don't even know what that was because once you get back to this thing, it's called the flow stone. It gets really thin and you can't really give it. It just gets entirely too dangerous for us. But it, when we got right before that, even myself and Chad, I saw us kind of mentioning earlier, we're standing there in front of like this gap, this opening where a lot of wind was coming through, stuff like that. And literally at the same time, him and I both got grabbed on the shoulder, on the right shoulder, his right shoulder, mine both. And we both pulled and pulled around all this at the same time. Like, and this is what another stuff that they didn't show on TV. And this is what got me. I'm like, you know, you, you showed a few things, which is cool, but you guys didn't show all like, there's some stuff that really went on that they, they didn't. And, and it's in, that's what 
kind of got me about not being able to do a second season. I guess it was some contract stuff with the production groups or whatever. It wouldn't have nothing to do with us, but I don't, I, that's out of my, but my pay grade, but to, to be able to get into that place to dig into furthermore, especially with the native American aspect, you have all that, you have the Sentinel, which every single time that we would try to talk to something, we would say something about a Sentinel and then we even hear Sentinel over an EVP. So, I mean, you know, things like that. And then we catch random voices in these different areas. And then that one uh, said blood owned. I mean, you know, and especially with John being part of that family. But see, that's what gets me with that. See, I don't I don't know if it's well, you know, maybe they still have this issue with Drury and them dealing with that. So there are you know, they're pissed at the family. So they're just, you know, you got that bloodline blood owned maybe they just are like well you're blood owned we're on we own you too you know i, I don't know how you know I, we didn't dig further into that but you know that's the kind of stuff that we found there and i really I, I hope i can get to go back or at least i can find you know some people that might you know have went i can learn some more of some of that stuff because it's just it's an interesting place that cave man merle i want to go to the cave man um how far did you guys go into there? Like, I, I saw you, like, I watched the episode, of, obviously, I, I watched your show. Um, I'd also seen the Ghost Adventures version of, of the Bell Witch Haunting. What would you say is the biggest difference from, because since you've been there, you can tell, uh, you probably have a better opinion on that than, than I ever would. Uh, well, they, I think they stopped, uh, before we went further back, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I think they stopped in that first huge little area that I was telling you about that, where that, like that vortex and felt was, and that girl's grave was, mm -hmm. uh, and then right there, uh, right where it's been a while since I've seen their, the ghost adventures episode, but I think right where they went with a fella that was related to the family or something, I think. And like he was standing in front of the area where like there was some rocks thrown or something. There was a rock thrown to at us through that little hallway. And I actually take my uh, full spectrum camera. The, all the full spectrum you see on that show is me filming that. So that when we walk back through there, it's a little teeny little tight, as small as I am. And he's 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 BSing you. I ain't no 200. So I'm probably a 160 soaking wet. But well, I couldn't barely fit through that little hallway. And it, it felt like I was getting closed in. But that's when I was telling you about the flow stone. Once you get back, finally, once you can finally squeeze back through. And then you, you'll see even on the episode, you'll see John walk kind of up a little bit. And then he kind of get up. It's it's like he walks up steps kind of toward it. That's that area right there is where that we caught the EVP. That's where when I would say, hey, do you recognize him or this family? It started going off on all this different random stuff. And that's where me and Chad walked up and stood in front of that little spot and got grabbed both by the shoulder at the same time. So, I, But the thing is, see, when they went in, they did a different kind of thing. They took in infrasound. And they did a different type of investigation. See, I, I, a lot of some people have issues with them, but I don't have issues with them. They go in there, they do their thing, they know what they're doing, they go in and go out. And I, what, you know, why I have an issue? But the, it's just different types of investigations and the way that people do things. Uh, I think they learned a lot. It actually helped me a little bit to go when I went because I went after they went. Uh, they were they were there maybe a year or two or so, give or take a little before I was. So I, I got a little, I learned a little from them actually. So it was kind of helpful to me for, for the guys to even get to go and do that. That was like when I went to, well, like I said earlier, Wolf Creek, I think ghost 
Adventures was there six months to a year before I went. And um, we had tried to call out some of the spirits they, they were dealing with, too. Um, we didn't get the same evidence, obviously, and there's different stories and urban legends of that place. But with John at the Bell Witch Cave, did being blood, did he... How was he after the investigation? Did they latch on to him more? Were they more focused on him energy-wise or anything? To me, for like... Yeah, I can answer that really easily. That uh, When they called me to be the investigator, that's what they were kind of wanting to find out. And, and that's what I believe. I, I think it was more focused around him because uh, it, it seemed like whenever he was there, specific things would be going on. But if we were in a different spot where he wasn't, it wasn't the same. And, and, it, and every time that like even when they were staying at their house, where, I mean, wherever he was at and then his son, too, you know, like his son. This is the main reason even for the show alone was because his son had, was starting to deal with stuff. So we was trying to get it cut before it even got to him. And then him dealing with stuff like that, too. So it's it's to me and my complete like as an investigator to answer that one is I think it's him. I think it's the blood. I think it's the family. I still think it's completely 100 percent Native American related. And I think it, until that family completely and see, I, and, and now I hate to say this, but I don't think that they completely closed everything with our show. See, at the very end of that, they tried to do this effigy and, and to, to do a blessing uh, with my buddy Win Willie Windwalker. And he's a, he's a shaman. Like, he knows what he's talking about. And, and they did not do uh, – I mean, he told them what to do, and they didn't do it all. So, I mean, there you go. For, for number one, there you go. You didn't do exactly what the shaman told you to do. They, they did a bunch of other stuff. And then – I mean, I don't – but but then after that, even still, he still – John himself he looked like he was sad, you know, he's sappy his eyes, things like that. I've still taken contact with him, but then I lost touch for a little bit. And uh, he seems uh, lately he'd been, been doing better. He started, I think he's doing some other stuff now, but I mean, I don't, I don't think it's really off his family completely yet, but uh, it seems a little bit better. Uh, it's not dealing with his son. I, I know his son, uh, he's, you know, he's doing a lot better. Things is going on with him, but uh, I think it's still, I think there's some, some still issues with John. I really do. Well, that would be a good one to go back to to see if you can help them to ensure that things aren't happening to them outside of the cave, the curse stuff. So you, you think it's a curse, eh? Like you think that that's... I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think it's a generational curse. Uh, I, I think the, the pastor did help a little bit, but I just think where they didn't do all, they didn't cross all their T's and dot all their I's. I mean, sometimes, yeah, you, you can help with one spot, but man, there's some other little spots you need to get on real quick too. Just like, that's why you need to get the shaman out there. There's specific people for specific things. If you don't get all the right people for the right things or the, all, the, all the right instruments or all the right materials for the right things, it's not going to close anything off. It's going to continue. So they didn't do everything they were supposed to do. And lo and behold, it's still continuing. Do you think it was from the family beef of the selling, the buying and selling of the land for not fair prices way back in the... No, I really don't. I mean, I, I really do I, I 100% think it's all Native American related. I, I mean, that, that story there is all r related around Cape Bats and then lands with her and then some of the issues around town and John and all that. But see, that's all got to do with just normal stuff that people live and breathe now. You know, people deal with stuff like that. True. And you got people, you know, cursing at people saying, hey, I curse you, you're going to be dead tomorrow. But you know, now we know it's, you're not a witch. You're just saying you hate them. You know, that's the difference now. So it's just a matter of 
the different era, you gotta you gotta just kind of look at it in that way. You know, we're looking at maybe a thousand years ago compared to what we're looking at now, and you just gotta kind of deduct it better in our way of thinking now. Hmm. What do you think Makes of sense. Pat Fitzhugh's research regarding Bell Witch? Uh, you talking about a smart dude right there? And he's done some of the best research you'll ever find. Now, I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I might know a little bit, but buddy, you really—if you really want to know about Bell Witch and anything about that family, you sit down with him. Uh, he'll tell you every single thing you want to know and be glad to talk about. It. That's why I loved—I I loved having him being a part of that because when you have people that have a passion for the thing that they're learning about and the thing that they're purveying to you. Man, it was amazing. Yeah, I, I love him. I love everything about that dude. And he's got books, man. If you want to learn some more about that stuff besides what I'm talking about, man, look at his books. Find them online, his website, all that stuff, man. I, I completely recommend that dude, completely. What does he bring to the table regarding being an encyclopedia on this case? Well, it's kind of the guy in the chair, you know, kind of the quote-unquote guy in your chair. I mean, he's got the, the – he's the researcher. He's your computer. You know, it, when you when we get in there, if we're trying to find out, like how even Merle was saying earlier, you know, that that history of the location, you know, for us as investigators to be able to to tap into that, what may be there, we need to know these things. And we need these people that are passionate about these subjects, especially like this, that know what they're talking about. So when I go in and say myself, when I was doing, you know, I could say, hey, man, look, I've had this issue. Is this related to her? Did she have this type of and he can answer me. That's that. That's a huge, huge asset for a team to have somebody like that. Do you think, as we got about eight minutes to go here before we go to break, do you think that this is a case that will ever see the action die down, or is there still so much hype around this case that the energy will keep growing off of it? Uh, it really depends on how it, it gets closed. I mean, if you get... Somebody you like my buddy Willie Windwalker, you know, to get out to maybe put, appease the land a tad bit, just to kind of calm some things down, maybe. But man, if you you know some, you've got to close these doors. I mean, there's it's just everything's a door. You open it, it's going to stay open until you shut it. And it's the same difference with this man. Until somebody truly, you know, sits down and and blesses the land, gives some you know, takes some tobacco or something to the to the spirits or. You know, something something just to, to calm things down, I, I, I don't think it's going to end, no. Merle? The closing the door, and are you talking about going back there to cross things over, so to speak? No, 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 no. Just like, just, uh, just that's just out. kind of a in general kind of thing. You know, when you, just when you start stuff until you really just kind of, you know, calm things or close things out, you know, it continues. That's just kind of a, I'm just, it's a way of speaking. Like, I, I think that the way things will end, if it will, on that land is if everything, you know, if, if someone like, like Willie gets out there to be able to bless the land, uh, to let the spirits and everything know that nobody's there to disrespect anything. And, and for, you know, just the, just the peace of the, of the people, because you're the people, you're, your brain, you're, you're, your uh, emotions control your surroundings. So, you know, it's, it's all about all that stuff, man. It's a, it's a big, big thing. And I, I hope that it'll all end. Uh, but right now I don't, you know, I don't see it ending, but I don't, you know, hopefully it ain't going to hurt nobody. I don't, I hadn't seen none of that lately, which is good. Is the current town affected by it still? As far as I know, it's just on that farm. 
yeah. as far as I know. Now, you know, like I say, I hadn't been there. It's been, uh, let's see, 26, uh, it's been about five years since I've been there. So, I mean, I, I don't know what's happened since then, but when I was there at the time, it did kind of affect the town a tad bit, it seemed. Uh, not real bad, but enough to notice. Uh, the energy, I, I tend to be a little sensitive on that stuff. And yeah, you can feel that kind of stuff all over the place. Uh, but hopefully now, yeah, I don't, I, I think everything like through the town seems like it's a lot better. I've even kind of kept up with some of that. Like even the town keeps building, rebuilding, you know, building cool stuff and it looks real nice. And so should be good to go, man, hopefully. <laughs> Stay positive about all of it. <laughs> How did, when you work a case like that, how does it change the way you personally investigate? Because we can all go into something, but when we get to one of those cases where things get strange, things get weird or, or something that we're not used to, it changes us. How did you change? Well, the, the one main thing that got me especially was, well, the attachment kind of got me a little bit. That was a little bit. It, it made me straighten up a little bit and always remember to protect myself from now on. Uh, but I'll tell you, every single investigation, uh, you're right, it changes me. Um, there's, there's a learning experience from every single thing that we do in the field, uh, whether you're doing paranormal, whether you're a cryptozoologist, whether you're a ufologist, whatever you're chasing and going, it, it's going to affect you in one way or the other. And, and myself personally, I can tell you that no matter what kind of investigation I'm on, it's going to do something to, to make me know a different way to approach an investigation, or it's going to make me know a way to the things that I'm actually going out to investigate for, like what, you know, where, what are we going to be in the next, is this next life? Where are we going when we die? You know, that's that main thing. Where's that, where's that, that stuff, that, that's what I'm passionate about, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But for you, did you end up becoming more emotional, less emotional, a little hardened, a little bit more wary? Uh, well, years ago, it got me kind of, uh, a little bit tough. That one experience I mentioned, you know, that, that thing kind of breathing on my face. I, I saw a few other things similar, just not as bad as that. And it kind of got me a little kind of iron skinned to a lot of this kind of stuff. So it, it, it tends to be a little bit different when I go into investigations, I go in more of more, that's why I say I go in kind of serious, uh, at more like a military kind of, you know, I go in, and, and I'm just trying to find out either if I'm going for a, a family, I'm trying to found, you know, help them to figure out what's bothering them. If I'm going to a location for like just the, the experience alone that I'm trying to figure out if I can tap the veil because I'm still trying to break that multiverse. So, I mean, there's always something different in each location that I can learn from and to, to make better for the next investigation. Mm-hmm. When you're on an investigation as intense as the Bell Witch is, how do you find that rush in other locations? I, I do that every time I go on any kind of anything, brother. That's, that's I mean, literally going to, to study the history of, the, of a spot, going, getting ready to do paranormal, getting ready to go to a spot where there's you. I, any of that, man, I am just excited no matter what, whether it's the Bell Witch or I'm going down to a side house down the street down here, man. I mean, it's to experience that kind of stuff and to to be able to be a part of that kind of stuff and to see it in myself. That's uh, it's it's always going to be the same for me. I'm, I'm always going to be a giddy little school kid just getting in there and getting a part of it. <laughs> they all have cool stories that you want to investigate. That's... Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever get to the point? Nick, and maybe even you, Merle, that 
when you're working with people and if you know whether they're on your team or or you just happen to hop in with somebody that that you really really it's going to sound awkward but you really watch what the other people are doing and you're like really this person is investigating like this or there's always the 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 one person around that has to try and be the big shot on an investigation for people getting into ghost hunting. So we got about two minutes to go here. Nick, how do you deal with that? Oh, brother, you catching me at the greatest question in the world for the least amount of time for me to answer that. Well, well we, can, we can, we can, we can continue yeah, on with we, that. I, I, I can, yeah, I, we'll, we'll definitely yeah, let, let's, let's uh, let Merle answer that one. And then I'll get on one. Cause you know me already, I can talk it out, but yeah, I've got some stuff for that one, brother. Let's, let's let Merle hit that one up. Let's both hit that one at 11 o'clock. That's a good question. Cause I think Merle can say more yeah. than 15 words to that right. one. Sure. Right. He's pulled out some good questions now, ain't he? It is. That's a strong question. <laughs> yeah, it is. You know, but hey, guys, we still got 90 seconds to fill here first. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for me as an outsider, now, Nick, I am not an investigator, okay? Uh, I may, I have gone on investigations. I've gone out with Merle. I like going out because I have my own curiosity. But I am not mm-hmm. an investigator. I don't try and play the role. I don't wear the headbands. And I have no fancy uh Do you have the sweater? t-shirts or sweaters or hoodies that signify I'm part of a paranormal team. So taking all that in, in aspect of everything, I think that, you know, you meet people all over the world doing this. And it's funny. They immediately have their backup like, Oh, who are you? If they haven't heard from you and immediately you start to get this, this attitude like, well, I am very good at what I do, and this is how I do things. Like almost like expressing, trying to express an overconfidence that they know what they're talking about, but they end up just looking like real idiots and morons. Do you know what it reminds me of, Dave? I use this analogy quite a bit now. You know the movie Anchorman? Yes. <laughs> you know the in the alley when all the different news stations meet and they battle it out. Have it. That's exactly what it is. It's not even. It's exactly what it is. You got that right. Gentlemen, I'm going to get you to hold on right there. Every time. Exactly. A little Black Panther (laughs) right there for you. Made of real Black Panther parts. Gentlemen, I'm going to get you to hold on right there. We are going to go to break here at the top of the hour. We have Merle. We have Nick T. White on for another 30 minutes here on Spaced Out Radio. Before we get to the bottom of the hour, where we'll go to the SOR Newswire and the thought of the day. Stay tuned. Space Out Radio continues right after this. Guys, I'm just going to run the dogs out. I'll be right back. You guys chat away with YouTube. All right, buddy. I'm going to hit the bathroom real quick myself, so let me take a quick break myself. Merle, I hate to leave you alone, buddy. You, you look like you got a cool little background there, some, some stuff behind you there. What is my what, background? What, it's, you got a house. You got some snow. Oh, that's like, uh, the 108 mile ranch. That's actually that's actually Dave's neck of the woods. Oh, it's nice back there. That's where I had one of my most scariest encounters of all time. Uh, oh, so it's kind of nice. <laughs> it's, it's beautiful right. looking until you go in the building. Oh Lord! Yeah, one of those. Oh no! All right, well, I'm gonna take. I'll be right back, buddy. Sounds good.
half an hour left. If anyone has questions for us or the guest, put them in the chat and I or Dave will ask them. The grouse story is a little exaggerated on Dave's part. Did not happen exactly like that. And the red dot sight was loose on the rail. Word up. You're back. Excellent. I am back. That worked out well. <laughs> so you served in the military. I did, brother. I did. How long were I was, you? I was actually, I feel like I was in forever because I was actually in high school as well. I was in the ROTC. But uh, I was a 68 Juliet. I was an armament and missile systems mechanic on Cobra helicopters. Oh, did wow. all like the radar guidance and things like that. Cool. It was really fun. I had a blast with it. Definitely. You, uh, what's up? Oh, did you go overseas? And all that fun no, stuff? trained, trained, and more trained, and then I trained some more, and then I got moved over to somewhere else to train some more. <laughs> it's kind of kind of got in right after the the desert uh, so what was it say desert storm, and then I got out right before the Iraq stuff started. So okay. it kind of was like right in. I was like right in the middle. Fair enough. But I did get to get to learn a lot, and then I got to train some folks of myself a little while, and got experience, and made some brothers for life, brothers and sisters for life, and awesome. It was cool, man. I had a good time. Good. All right, boys. We got uh, about a minute and a half here left. I just uh, accidentally uh, sat down on my chair and gave a little butt crack to the audience there. That's always fun. <laughs> That's always fun. That's always real nice. You just can't unsee that, you know. <laughs> you know, and the, and the thing is, when when something happens like that, you got to own it. 
You just got to own it. <laughs> oh, you, yeah, for sure. You know, like, you just can't do it. You, you know, <laughs> hey, a couple of moons there, you know. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure the clam will go back and uh, screenshot that. That's for sure. Uh, Make yeah. it into a meme. Start sharing it around. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> it happens. Hey guys, I want to. I want to give a big thank you to everybody supporting this show tonight. Andrew, Mister Catfish with a hat trick. Vinster, Ken from Dallas. Fabster, Dirt Road, Iberata, Nikki Star for the awesome and amazing super chats tonight. That stuff really helps what we do here on Spaced Out Radio on a nightly basis, as well as everybody giving us a thumbs up, thumbs down, uh, hitting that subscribe button, sharing the show on social media. You know, thank you so much for all the love and support you give us on a nightly basis. We really do appreciate the love. We're going to kick off hour number three right now, guys. Hold on. you like to connect with us head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info now back to dave scott and sor here we go with the third and final hour of spaced out radio tonight my name is dave scott thank you so much for taking the time to tune us on in we really do appreciate earning your listening ears we want to say hello to everyone tuning us in on our terrestrial affiliates around north america Digitally on TalkStream Live, Revolution Radio, and KPNL. All of our archives are free for you by going to youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Just do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Redapertization. Redapertization is your password. Use it wisely, space travelers, as the clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com, where we have a plethora of features for you, including rocking out to Bumblefoot and reading up on Captain Shirk's SOR Newswire. Follow us on Twitter, at Spaced Out Radio, and on Instagram, on Spaced Out Radio Show. For the final time tonight, we introduce Merle. You know him. You love him. He's from Paranormal Road Trippers, based out of Vancouver, British Columbia. We do this monthly segment called Ghosts of the Great White North, and we're really proud to have on from A&E's Cursed, the Bell Witch, Nick T. White. Gentlemen, welcome back to the show. Thank you, buddy. Thanks, Dave. Now, Nick, right before the break, we had asked a question in regards to, you know, you go meet up with some ghost teams out there, and there's always that that know-it-all out there who's trying to tell you how things go, how the paranormal works, how they do it, and their way is the only way that makes sense. And usually these people really don't have a, a, a clue on what they're even trying to solve. They really don't. How do you deal with the paranormal attitude out there? Well, this is the way I look at it, brother. I can answer that very easily. Once you start worrying about what everybody else is doing in the field, you're going to lose what you're doing in the field, period. There's been too many people out there that just does all this other, does one way, does the other, and and, and then you have all these other people worried about one that says, oh, well, this one's better than that. They know this much. Everybody knows specific stuff. Now, who can tell me right now who told the first person how to do an investigation? There's no, but there's no set way to do no investigation. 
you, you might have seen some on TV how other folks have done it. You might have seen friends or folks around you that see how they've done it. But that, who, who, there's no one way to do any type of investigation. And especially if you're going into an investigation, you're going to, there's no telling what you're going to have. I mean, you're, you're, every single one is going to be different. So as soon as you go in there, it's going to be, there's all kinds of stuff. You're going to have to react. You're going to have to just do the random stuff. So uh, there's nobody that's going to ever tell me that that one way is better than another. You just kind of go and happen. Now, and then I'm not going to worry about somebody being better than I am. If, if I'm the type of person, especially as a leader in my, on my team, if somebody has a way to do it, I'm going to say, well, show me. I'd love to, if you know a better way to do it, show me. And if it works, we'll do it your way. That's the way I like, you know, it's, it's all about working as a team and especially in the field to me that, that just having each uh, different people, you know, arguing over stuff is just, to me, it's just high school stuff. You know, there's no need, none of that. I mean, we're all trying to figure out one thing. What are these ghosts or UFOs or whatever field you're in? What, what are these things? You know, why, why, you know, all these questions that an investigator does an investigation for what, you know, what, that's what we need to worry about. We don't need to be worrying about what somebody else is doing, how their equipment looks better, how their people looks better. They look how, like get bigger muscles or they got prettier butts than I do. I, I don't, then none of that matters to me. What matters to me is, are you a good person? Are you honest? Are you working towards the same goal that I am? And that's to make a better person, make a better life for everybody else, to help everybody else to be better people for themselves, to make a world better place. I know I sound like an old hippie, but what can I say? I am. I mean, this, there's, there's been too much just, just bull dealt with, with not just alone in the paranormal, but across this world. And if, if I can be one little part of making it any better, putting some hope in somebody's life or a smile on somebody's face and to make somebody learn that working as a team is much better than trying to be better than somebody than I will. And that's, that's what my answer to that is, my brother. How do we come together in this field? There's so much tension. There's so many different ways to investigate. There's so much going on politically from people trying to lock down locations to locking down territories, bullying tactics. We see it all the time. doesn't matter whether it's here in Canada or across the United States or the world for that matter. You know, I mean, to me, that shows complete ego. It really does. And, and it's a real turnoff for me in even supporting the field. That's why I, I really over the years have shied away from doing a, a lot of paranormal. Like when I started this show, I loved the paranormal. I wanted to hear these ghost stories, but it got a little intense, man, because every time I'd book a show, if anybody was canceling, it was a paranormal group. Then you, <laughs> you hear people complaining or, or saying that we conduct scientific investigation and you know that they haven't conducted anything scientific since high school. You know, you have all of these people, like, I always say, this is this is my question to people. I always ask them, what do you do with your evidence? Well, we mm. collect it, and then we analyze it. Okay, well, what do you do with it afterwards? Well, mm. well, mm. what do you mean? Well, what do you do with it? Mm -hmm. Well, we, we just, we store it. Okay, well, what are you storing it for? Because the majority <laughs> of groups out there have no clue that part mm. of investigation is to come to a conclusion. Well, the, you, you, I'm kind of there's fifty fifty on that though, brother. See, you got some out there that really are just going out for that evidence. You know, you're not like like how I say. I always say myself. I consider myself an a per, you know paranormal investigator, not a quote unquote ghost hunter. 
which there's no thing wrong with that whatsoever. To me, like a quote-unquote ghost hunter, just, you know, going out, you're hunting some ghosts, you want to get some evidence, you want to see some cool stuff, you want to experience the thing and go on. But then you have folks like myself or Merle, you know, we want to dig further in. There's, you know, there's, there's, it's just a different type of folks. You know, I don't, I don't look down on those folks one bit because to me, if you're a part of the paranormal field, you're a part of my family. So that's, you know, it's, it's all, it's all, you know, it's all a different, just a different way you're, you're reacting to things. You know what I mean? Oh, I understand exactly where, where you're coming from on that. And, and I don't disagree with you at all, but we also have to understand that these are some of the people who are going into people's residences or places of work. Sure. And, okay. and now that, that's that's different. Yeah. And I mean, if you've got people that's going in and you're taking like like me, like if you're going in and taking cases actual and telling these families, hey, I'm there to help. And a family contacted you to say, hey, I've got this dark entity that's been scratching my child. Can you come to help me? And they go and they get a picture or something and say, here, I found it and take off. Those kind of people upset me and, and really bother me. If that's what you mean, is that what you mean? Kind of like that? Yeah. I mean, look, I have yeah, no problem. I have no problem with yeah. somebody going out investigating the paranormal just for fun mm-hmm. because it is sure. fun. It should be fun. But when you have people out there who are going out and, you know, they've all got their team shirts or hoodies on and you know, you go to their website, they all have to have the team skeptic, you know, which I think is hilarious. And to me, it makes a mockery of something that is, that is, how can I put it? It makes a mockery of the field for people who are actually trying to solve things. There's a difference between, there's a difference between playing ghost hunter and actually being a, an investigator. So you know what well, would be that's, cool? That's all in the training, though. It's that's a thing that goes back to training. It's all in the training. Are they? Is it because of the false knowledge that they've learned from a TV show that they stayed and watched one TV show and didn't learn from anybody else? It's uh, it's all about the the knowledge that these folks are getting to. Yeah, I, I do completely one hundred percent agree with you. If you're taking cases and you're telling them that you're there, you don't don't take that case and tell them that's what you're going to do if you're not going to do that. But if it's some of them that is wanting to and is have that intent of helping these folks, but just don't know, like how you said, what are you doing with your evidence? I don't know. Maybe it's a t- it's something that we should put in that that and, and maybe they should know. If that's the thing. That's where I'm even at myself. You know, I want these folks. I want us to be able to work together and to teach people instead of showing people the infightings and the arguments and stuff. That's the silly stuff. We should be teaching the next Nikola Tesla or Hans Holzer to, to be, you know, to, to, to make a profound experience for the world. You know, like Elon Musk is making us a multiplanetary species. What, who could be the next Elon Musk that, you know, these folks that are watching us, in the public eye for the paranormal field are learning from all of us. So it's a matter of leading by example and showing how we can all work together as a team for one goal, just like you play on a basketball team. You're all playing the win the game. Well, we're winning. We're to, our, to win our game is to learn what is the paranormal or whichever field you're in. What is it? Why is it all the good questions? Why, that's why we're investigators. That's what we should be worried about. We don't need to be worried about what everybody else is doing no more. That's what everybody worries about all the time. Worry about what our our teams are doing, each other, together. See, in that's a perfect world, to do it. in a yeah. perfect world, I would like all teams, like, you don't need to measure whose K2 is bigger or right. anything like that, right? 
I, in a perfect world, I'd like to see a team, like, say I go to location B, and I get some pretty cool evidence there that I, I log like a, like a classic paranormal guy. But every every location I go, do I do? I do document everything, but I document everything as where I'm going to present it. And I'll give it to anyone to see because that's what we do. We present research. But then I would like the ability to call upon another team and be like, hey, guys, can you want to go check out this location? We were just there and see if you guys can obtain the same sort of evidence. And maybe we can cross-reference what we've got and then present that to the client but but here it doesn't work like that there's a lot of like that stupid turf war stuff and all that i think it's i think it's ridiculous mm -hmm. um but you're right we all are on the same team we're all trying to find the the greater goal with the paranormal at the end of the day we're just a couple of dudes sitting in a room talking to the air a lot of the time um yeah <laughs> but like yeah i agree with everything you just said about about we need to come up with the, the common just everyone get along yeah it's kind of the old school what is it why can't we all just get along mm. <laughs> no, the, the paranormal definitely needs a big hug and and you know the other thing too that that i see with it is there's some very brilliant and talented people in this field and yes. the majority of them are not big names. They're not people who are out running around trying to build the biggest uh, group on Facebook or the biggest group in their state or province. They're not those people. They do their job quietly. I always point people in the direction of, and I'll use David Weatherly as an example here because I do think that highly of him. You know, a guy like yeah. David Weatherly, he's not seeking TV. TV seeks him out. All right? If you're right. good enough, TV is going to seek you out. All right? And, and But with David, all right, he doesn't have a giant team. He has people set up all over the place that if he is in Montana or if he's in Manitoba or if he's in New York or Arizona, Nevada, British Columbia – he can immediately hook up with the people and say, look, I'm hearing this stuff out of this place. This is where I want to go. What do you know about it? Are you coming along with me? And that's how he yes. gets it done. And yet yes. it's, and there's no ego involved, nothing. Yes. Love it. Love it. Love him and love the group. And I, I've, I've kind of done a little similar and then probably kind of because of him a little bit as I've, I've created the cage of darkness family. And there's, there's different groups that's across the world, literally, that, uh, you know, we, we don't change their name, none of that kind of stuff. It's just, it's kind of like the networking, you know, say, say there's somebody in Norway that has an issue. Well, literally we have a team that we can contact and say, Hey man, can you get a hold of somebody or do something? And that's, that's just like you're saying, David, see, everybody wants to help. That's, it's all about help, man. We got to just work together, help each other and get this stuff done. And I fully support that. I, I have people like in, in Wisconsin and, Washington, mm -hmm. Oregon, California, all people that I can call if people come to me for issues, which they do sometimes, like on Instagram, they'll message me, and mm -hmm. I'll point them in the direction of people in those locations, and, and that's what it's about, just helping people and pointing them in the right, right direction. Of well, you got another person to call, too, if you need yeah. anything, buddy. I got you back. Likewise. That'd be good. Right Nick, I want to ask you this. What do you yeah. think we're missing in the paranormal? 
to get heart. more to get more answers. <laughs> heart, man. Agreed. It, it, we got to get. We. I mean, really. Uh, it's. Uh, I know. I'm just going to beat beating the dead horse kind of thing, man. But it's just always everybody's just worried about everybody else. That's it's just that's that's just the main thing. We just we just need some heart. We got to put our heart back in the right place. That's it. That's Sorry, weird. I was cut it short real fast on that one. I was just kind of short and sweet on that one, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, no, and, and and it's a great answer. But what about for investigation? Should we have goals every time we go out in that field? Should we have mm-hmm. goals on what we are trying to accomplish? Uh, it depends on what you're doing. I mean, if you're going there as you're as you're an investigator, going for you know a family things like a cases thing, you know, yeah, you you're going for reasons. Uh, it just, it just depends, man. It just really depends on what you're going for. In my opinion. There's a big difference though, between doing investigations for the sake of fun Mm -hmm. and doing investigations and helping people and solving little mysteries. What, in your opinion, what's the difference between the two? Oh, I got you. Well, if you're there to solve stuff, then you're you're wanting to dig in further, like uh, like the research and and to learn more and to to further something. You know, if you're there for an experience, then that's kind of a different experience. You're just there to to get the thrill or to to see something that you've never seen before. Or somebody's told you stuff like that. I mean, may, maybe you know that's that's how to answer that. I guess. <laughs> you know what's answer. missing? What's missing that more teams need to do? The aftercare, the cleanup. Yeah, no doubt. No I one wants to do the cleanup because that's the hard, yes. that's the boring part. Right. They just go in, say something, and take off. There's mm-hmm. never that closure and that end, that finish. No, every location, like the location I went to in the in the town on the Sunshine Coast here a couple weeks ago, I I, I messaged them every few days. Has anything? new happened what's any more activity because i care i want to know i want to make sure we didn't stir anything up for the negative right you followed up with them absolutely and like back there in september and i have them literally logging like i want them to log all of their activities from now until september so then i have that piece of paper or whatever in front of me for when i finish doing my evidence review and everything i did because then i can maybe come up with a conclusion of who or what or any anything like that that can be going on. Try to find consistency of the investigations. Mm-hmm. It's that one extra step that is lacking. A lot of people need, I, in my opinion, need to do more is the aftercare, the, the go back for like a secondary investigation to see if anything, mm-hmm. depending on the evidence you got, will collaborate with a secondary investigation or did the things move on or did they get their put did they the they give me a message to give to the client and now they're resolved there's so many questions like right and well it shows you care too i mean yeah. i mean if you don't if you're not if you don't care about people then you really to me i don't think it's it's hard to be a real actual investigator like taking cases and things i mean when i just like you're saying you know if i'm if i'm going and i'm there's many that i've done cases for that i like you saying like i'll call up once in a while to say hey man how you doing hey what's up what's how's things going things going good da, 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 da. and sometimes people just want to talk so it's yep. just like they're they're just they're they're happy that you even you know pretty much just give a shit to call them you know they're excited about that yeah relationship you know, yeah yeah i mean when man people people really appreciate 
that you care about them. And, it, and especially when you're dealing with like paranormal or something like that, because sometimes people are really already afraid to even talk about that kind of stuff because mm-hmm. they may be one of them ones that's really embarrassed to say, hey, I've got some weird ghosty demonic or something evil in my house because they may think you're weird or something. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they're already trying to get up enough courage to even talk to you in the beginning, much less, you know, anything else. So, 100%. Right. We've got about just under four minutes to go here before we got to say goodnight to you guys. And, Nick, I want to say thanks for coming on the show tonight. It's been absolutely fantastic to have you join uh, Merle and I tonight. What's your year look like? What's your summer look like in the paranormal and trying to get things established in Reno? Well, um, I'm actually going to be trying to move on up into Virginia City itself and really be a full part of the town. Uh, I've got a lot of plans uh, for YouTube stuff. I've got, uh, yes, I do have a lot of paranormal. Uh, Of course, it's one of the most haunted places in the world in Virginia City. So there's a lot of cool stuff I've got planned out. Um, I'll be talking to the Mackay Mansion. Uh, I've got uh, talking with Scott, the owner of the Washoe Club. have some plans uh, we'll be talking with him about few other things throughout the whole city that we'll be doing some stuff like that um i, I do have some tv stuff kind of in the works i, I don't want to break any kind of stuff yet so i don't want to say much yet but yeah hopefully you guys will see me doing some great things here very soon uh, on the old tv watching me running around being crazy but uh, uh other than that man i'm just trying to trying to you know keep moving forward and help as many people as i can and put as much hope in people's lives as i can and and uh just uh live another day brother you know what i'm saying <laughs> oh i hear you i hear you there and how about for you merle what do you got coming up well got something coming up with you dave so TikTok on that um got another thing coming up that i can't really speak about um man if covid wasn't here i would have been in the states probably three or four times already and we do have a handful of investigations throughout bc covid depending yeah, july and august very we're doing cool. a we're doing a big Valley of the Ghosts ghost hunt for about two weeks. All the different um, all the different abandoned mining towns that are torn down and no one's there. Ghost towns. Beautiful. Oh, so, cool. Beautiful. Yeah. If there's one we can link up around in this area, maybe we can do like this uh, communication, like how even the GAC guys did with like the Washoe and Mackey place. Maybe we can set up a, a line where I've got something here in this area somewhere and you've got something there and maybe we can contact through, see if we can get an answer from here and there, something like that. You had me at Washoe. I'm right on. <laughs> it doesn't take Mer- much to get Merle excited. Gentlemen, nope. We got. I'm just going to get you guys to pause here because – I want to let our audience know. I just actually found this out a few minutes ago. Our former guest, Nelson Dellis, he has tried to climb Mount Everest three times. Well, I just got a message from him this evening saying hello as he is two days away from making his fourth attempt to try and climb Mount Everest. And and, uh, he's heading to base camp in two days to start his four-week acclimation before starting his ascent, which will be probably in early to mid-May when the door opens up because there's only a short window there. So we need everybody in Spaced Out Radio Land to send Nelson the power, the strength, and the ability to finally get on top of Everest. 
You know, he, rock it out, Nelson. Yeah, absolutely. I am so pumped for this. Oh, yeah. You know, we tried, we were going to do a paranormal investigation there with him, send him a bunch oh, of gear. Wow. He said, dude, I was going to call you, but this happened so fast. I didn't have a chance to get a hold of you. And all of a sudden, boom, I'm on an airplane and I'm on my way uh, to Everest. And this is where we sit. So we're going to try and hook up with him in the coming weeks here as he gets acclimated from base camp. Can he yell Mount Merle from the top? We'll, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. He's almost died twice, so hopefully uh, he'll have wow. time. Space Out Radio continues with the SOR Newswire and the thought of the day next. Good job, gentlemen. It's a good show. Thanks, sir. Very solid, Nick T. White. Thank you, buddy. (laughs) No problem. No problem. That was a lot of fun. Absolutely. That went quick. Very fast. Yeah, I did. (laughs) Very fast. And I even showed my ass on the air. Hey, you know, anything for ratings, man. Why not? I hear you. And of course, and of course, my my resident uh, desert clam caught a shot of it. He went back. I don't know how he does it so quickly, but he went back and screenshotted it. So thank you, clam. Appreciate oh, that. Fun. Mm-hmm. And you got your YouTube super pay or super hyper thing for showing your butt. Yeah, I did. I did. It's awesome. Awesome, uh, Nick. I hope you had a good time with us, man. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I'm just glad to even be asked. And man, we can do this anytime, buddy. Anytime. Oh, for sure. For sure. That's going to be great. Absolutely going to be great. And I'm looking forward to it. And uh, and we'll we'll stay in touch. And, and Merle, you make sure you get Nick's intel here. And that way you guys could stay in touch too. But gentlemen, I got to go get ready for the news. Merle, we'll talk to you tomorrow or the next day. And uh, Nick, thank you again, buddy. Great show. Hey, thank you. Thank hey, you for making us sound blast, good. Man. Oh, you shit. You made me sound good. <laughs> All right, buddies. Take care. Ciao. All right. Good night. Merle. 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 Yeah, Nelson Dallas on his way to uh on his way to uh Mount Everest two days until he's in base camp. God I want him to do it. He's got two kids now. You know, they're all cheering daddy on, his beautiful wife. I still want him to do it. I want it to be this time. Gotta send him that positive energy. Remember, he almost died twice on the mountain. He almost died twice. We gotta send him some love, man. Send him that strength and healing. So if you're into Reiki, if you're into uh, long-distance healing, send it to Everest. Send it to Nelson. We got to get him up that mountain. We have to get him up that mountain. He's way too good of a guest. Can you imagine the interview that we are going to get with him when he makes it? When he makes it. Hey, Ross Lamba. Hey, Terrible Times. How are you? Mr. Cowley, welcome back to the show. Oh, Mr. Cowley, 
loves his spaced out radio. Yeah. Super Duke. Looking forward to Friday, man. Looking forward to Friday to have you on. Mm Mm-hmm. God, I hope he does it this time. He's going to. I can feel it. Totally feel it. Merle! Merle! All Merle. All day. All night. Good night, the gorgeous and talented Emily Bigelow, a.k.a. Alaska's greatest athlete. She's actually not going to bed. She's actually going to be heading to the bathroom to take her makeup off, to pull her hair up for the night, and to give her teeth a final brushing and flossing. Yes, that's what she is going to be doing. And she's still going to be listening to the show. She's just not chatting. That's what she does. He'll be starting in a couple of days, uh, two days from now. I'm trying to line up to see if we could uh, get him to uh, chat. He's intermittent with me on Facebook right now. I'm going to see if we could get him when he's at base camp, even for a few minutes. Great show also, Dave. Last night was 101 million percent dope. It's a mess. Well, let's do it twice. Good night. Good night. Good night. All right. Here we go, everyone. rounded third we're heading for home tonight on space down radio my name is dave scott thank you so much for taking the time to join us i really do appreciate earning your listening ears want to remind you that if you've missed most of this show or others you could check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio do old davy the favor hit that subscribe button Our website is spacedoutradio.com, where we have a plethora of features for you, including rocking out to Bumblefoot and reading up on Captain Shirk's SOR Newswire. Follow us on Twitter, at Spaced Out Radio, and on Instagram, at Spaced Out Radio Show. Speaking of the news, where do we got it here? Let's do it.
The news is always changing, which is why we bring you the SOR Newswire at the back end of every show where we get to the weird, the strange, the wacky, and sometimes the Canadian UFOs. Yeah, this one just coming down a few hours ago. Apparently on the morning of May 30th, 2016, an Air Canada Express flight from Montreal to Toronto reported it had crossed an unidentified flying object, round in shape, flying at approximate speeds of 300 knots or more than 550 kilometers an hour, over 8,000 feet above Lake Ontario on November 14th of that year. Two crew members were injured when a Porter Airlines plane dove to avoid hitting an object that appeared to be solid and shaped like an upright donut or inner tube. Yes, Vice.com is digging into this story right now. And this is the second one that this very talented writer by the name of Daniel Otis has been able to find out here. So these sightings in Canadian and international airspace around Canada apparently include a pair of WestJet flights near the Okanagan Valley, which is just south of me by about four hours, that allegedly saw a bright light, white strobe-type light, above them on the night of March 16, 2017, and a pre-dawn January 10, 2015 encounter outside Regina, Saskatchewan, when multiple aircraft reported a very large object with a small white light in the middle, surrounded by a halo that appeared to descend from about 41 1,000 feet above. Yeah, the sightings come from the Civil Aviation Daily Occurrence Report System, otherwise known as CADORS, a searchable digital archive operated by Transport Canada, the federal department that oversees roads, rail, marine, and air transportation. With over three decades of data, CADORS contains nearly 300,000 aviation incident reports on everything from mechanical failures to rowdy passengers to bird strikes. It also provides a fascinating record of UFO sightings by professional aviators in Canadian airspace. Now, pilots are probably not reporting about 90% of the things they are seeing because they know it could have a lengthy career implication, said former RCAF pilot John Williams. Williams is an aviation consultant, television commentator, and civilian pilot who spent 36 years in the Canadian military, including over two decades flying fighter jets. He also worked as a flight safety officer at Transportation Canada for more than a dozen years. For most pilots, it's not worth it. That's why I believe, Williams said, that each of these guys saw what they reported. Although brief, Cador's cases can still be enigmatic, such as a single-sentence entry from the morning of October 25th in 2005, when air traffic controllers received reports from four different aircraft flight crews of a shiny silver object over Toronto at roughly 30,000 feet which turned sharply and moved rapidly to the southeast over Lake Ontario. Many are scant on detail, like the one from the night of November 12, 2015, when an undisclosed flight of 34,000 feet above Saskatchewan reported a bright white light high above the aircraft and advised that it was not a meteorite or another aircraft, very explicitly using the term UFO, such as the Qatar Airways flight south of Grand Prairie, Alberta, that reportedly uh, noticed an unidentified flying object 
in broad daylight on December 18, 2016, in an account that offers no visual clues. In a statement to Vice, Transport Canada spokesperson said, it is not in a position to discuss individual aviators' observations at this time. Let's go to Vancouver. A COVID-19 denier who accused the B.C. government of kidnapping him and committing terrorism when he was arrested for breaking federal quarantine laws has had his lawsuit tossed out. Mac Parhar, a vocal member of the Flat Earth Conspiracy Community and the anti-mask movement, has also been ordered to pay the government $750 in court costs. In a decision that was handed down last Friday, B.C. Supreme Court Justice Murray Block variously described Parhar's civil suit over his arrest as frivolous and vexatious, embarrassing or scandalous, and an abuse of protest process rather that does not set out any assertions of fact. Parhar was arrested in November 2020 for repeatedly breaking mandatory quarantine after returning from a flat earth conference in the U.S. Violations he bragged about during a rally in front of the Vancouver Art Gallery. He currently faces multiple charges in connection with that incident and is scheduled to go to trial in criminal court this summer. Not long after his arrest, Parhar filed a claim for trespass against provincial officials, calling himself I colon masks man colon Mac of the Parhar family. I don't know what that means, but that's what he was calling himself and claiming he is not subject to the Quarantine Act or any other law. The claim is filed and filled with pseudological language and said he plans to try the defendants in something he calls Parhar Court. Other documents filed with his claim alleged trespass, malfeasance, and extortion, terrorism, kidnapping, and fraud. But the judge dismissed all the allegations. It is patiently absurd and nonsensical. It is difficult to understand how anyone could come to believe any of its concepts, the judge wrote on Parhar's notice of claim. Block said Parhar's claims bear all the hallmarks hallmarks rather, of an organized pseudo-legal commercial argument, a thorough debunked type of legal theory favored by fringe groups like sovereign citizens and freemen on the land. These groups argue that they are exempt from the authority of government, laws, and the courts. Anyone who wants to avoid paying taxes or obtaining their driver's license, for example, simply needs to learn the right words and phrases. Block said it was clear Parhar had been misled about how the law works. Go figure. Go figure. Oh, this is a cute story here. An Illinois man paid tribute to his deceased father by bowling a perfect 300 game using a ball that contained some of his dad's ashes. 39-year-old John Hinkle went all paranormal and he's a two-time NCAA bowling champion for Western Illinois University, said his father, John Hinkle Sr., introduced him and his brother Joe to the sport of bowling when they were young. Hinkle said that his two-handed bowling technique means he is only allowed two fingers in the holes of his ball, so he had the thumb in one hole on his ball filled with some of his father's ashes after the older Hinkle died in 2016. I was talking to my brother and told him, I'm shooting a 300 with this ball, Hinkle said, and Joe said, do it. Hinkle's prediction came true on April 12th when he rolled a perfect game at Landmark Lanes in Peoria. 
I had tears in my eyes in the 11th and 12th frames. I couldn't tell you where the last ball went. I had so many tears just throwing it, Hinkle said. Hinkle, who has bowled several 300 games during his time in the sport, said the game was especially significant since his father never quite managed to shoot a perfect game. It's special. Dad shot 298, 299, never had a 300. I had goosebumps, chills, Hinkle said. He was there. Good family story right there. A man has gone to trial in Spain for allegedly killing his mother, cutting up her body, and eating her remains. Alberto Sanchez Gomez was arrested in 2019 after police went to the home of his 66-year-old mother following concerns from a friend. Police say they found body parts scattered around the apartment, some kept in plastic containers. The defendant has now told the court that he does not remember dismembering and eating his mother. He is reported to have had been suffering from a personality disorder as well as a drug habit prior to his arrest. Spanish media say he had been known to police because of violence against his mother, Maria Soledad Gomez, and that he had breached a restraining order at the time of his arrest. The court heard of this macabre scene police found at the home in eastern Madrid in February 2019. Some of the human remains were in the process of being cooked and others stored in containers. The defendant, who was 26 at the time, reportedly convinced, uh, confessed to strangling his mom and said he had sometimes eaten body parts and sometimes given them to the dog. Ugh. The trial continues. Throw a book at him. He's done. A hospital employee in Italy has been accused of skipping work on full pay for 15 years. Not 15 days, not 15 hours, not 15 weeks or months. 15 years. The man is allegedly to have stopped turning up for work at the Chicago, uh, the hospital, I'm not even going to pronounce it, uh, in the southern city of Catanzaro in 2005. He is now being investigated for fraud, extortion, and abuse of office. He was reportedly paid 464,000 pounds in total over the years he thought to have been working, but he wasn't. Six managers at the hospital are also being investigated in connection with the alleged absenteeism. The arrests are the result of a lengthy police investigation into absenteeism and suspected fraud in the Italian public sector. The employee was a civil servant and was assigned to do a job in the hospital in 2005. It was at this point he just stopped going to work, the police said. The police have also accused him of threatening his manager to stop her from filing a disciplinary report against him. The manager later retired, police said, and his ongoing absence was never noticed by her successor or human resources. How do you miss that? If you're looking through the employee list, how do you not know that the person isn't there. I don't know. A young man, this is a disturbing story here. A young man from Gravenhurst, Ontario, who was skating at a park over the weekend, said Ontario Provincial Police Officer shoved a 12-year-old boy to the ground unprovoked. Brody O'Hare, who's 19, posted a video to Instagram Monday showing an OPP officer pushing a child on a scooter onto the ground at a skate park in Gravenhurst, about a two-hour drive north of Toronto. The incident comes amid widespread criticism of the province's crackdown on outdoor activities during a surging third wave of COVID-19. 
Now, O'Hare, who did not shoot the video, says that the officer shoved the boy to the ground for no reason. He said the boy had been complying with the officer's demands that he put a mask on, which is not required by law outdoors in Ontario. The boy didn't cuss at him or talk back. He complied completely, O'Hare said. That little boy did not deserve to be shoved basically full force to the ground. That cop stiff-armed him. In a statement issued Tuesday, OPP Commissioner Thomas Karik said Peel Police are investigating an incident that took place April 18th involving a member of the Bracebridge OPP and a young person. Officers stopped to speak to a group of young people, none of whom were wearing masks or social distancing. Officers attempted to interact with the youth, which led to the physical confrontation between one officer and one young person. In response to a list of specific allegations, the OPP said it could not comment because the situation is under investigation. Now, I've seen this video, and I I really try to side away from things like this, but there was two cops there, and the bigger cop shoved him, and the kid went flying about six feet from his scooter. Pretty bad. Pretty bad. Not cool at all. This guy deserves a job at the mall. In the distance, a male cop shoves a boy off his scooter, causing him to fall on the grass. Another cop is on the scene. O'Hare said the cop who shoved the child is the same person shouting, do not touch me in the video, but said the boy did not touch the officer or talk back to him at all. He said the park was open when officers came in and began demanding that kids and teens wear masks and asking a couple of them for identification. O'Hare said that the cop who pushed the child seemed aggressive. Yeah, really, check out the video. And a few of the older teams were lipping him off. O'Hare said the cop told the 12-year-old to get his mask on and that the park was now closed. He said the boy responded that he was going to leave, to which the cop began demanding his ID and his parents' phone number. This cop was just aggravated from a few other kids that were lipping him off, not wearing masks. I guess that's what triggered him, O'Hare said. He yelled at the kid for not complying to the ID, 12-year-old doesn't have ID. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is going to get messy here. All right. A woman was forced to rush her beloved pet to the vet because she found a strange bone in her backyard alongside a chilling note suggesting that the bone had been laced with poison. Nice neighbor. A letter left at the scene claimed that the dog barks too much and therefore must be poisoned. 66-year-old Sherry Blair from North Sydney made the horrific discovery near her home at around 6 a.m. Monday morning. She immediately rushed her Portuguese Podengo Jolene off to seek medical assistance as she remained uh, at the veterinary center all day long. It all started when the dog failed to return to Cherie in the garden as per usual, and that's where she discovered the bone around the corner with the note. She says... It was one of those things that you have to go to the pet store to get there and like a freeze-dried bone, quite big. Cherie said she initially chucked the bone over the fence and thought a little more of it, but then she found the terrifying letter. She said, something made me go down there again, and then when I looked down, there was a letter, but it was sealed in an envelope, and it had a message on it. The note read, your dog is to be poisoned, too much barking, sorry, but no choice, your fault. Blair said, I just started freaking out and I started screaming at my husband to go get the bone. They couldn't even spell on the letter. Yeah, it was bad penmanship for sure. Yeah, fault is spelled F-A-L-T. Yeah. So anyways, gets the dog to the veterinary clinic and they're checking the dog out. Dog is going to be okay, thankfully. 
because, you know, you just don't do that to a pooch. Look, I everybody has neighbors who don't like their dogs barking, or everybody has that neighbor with the dogs barking. But you don't poison the dog. You talk to the people. You talk to the people. Lack of communication here, man. Lack of communication. Thought of the Dave happens every night at this time, where we ask a question on our Facebook and Twitter pages, then read your responses on the air because we love the audience participation around here. Today's Thought of the Dave is as follows. What do we got for you? What's your opinion on demons in the paranormal? Greg, stay away, sound the alarm, and run. Gorgeous jewels. People make their own demons as to their perspective of light and dark. For instance, Wood said demons feel they were demons? I really don't know. In this world of duality, there is a spectrum for pretty much everything. Rambling on giggles. And Julian, bonjour Julian, fallen angels. John, who wears a Stetson. Manifestations of our fears and desires created by dimensional entities for as yet unknown purposes. Angels, Bigfoot, and Big Cats, other manifested for the same reason. Think slide none. Slide none. Psychometric projection, manipulation of human consciousness. It's not just craft they manifest now. Paul, they're always hungry. Pidge, they're demonic, Dave. Thirteen ballads. A drooling seven-foot, twelve-foot horn... That makes no sense. Seven foot, twelve foot horned demon reaching out to snatch the grandchild off their bed. Oh man, too much cannabis. I, I think you're right on that one. I really do think you're right. Have another hit, 13. That's okay. All right, let's move on. Eric Cooper and his mustache and beard say demons are very rare. Paul, demons we have never encountered. Krista, we hire them with our unconscious and anti-conscious, choosing when we're not willing to be as potent as we truly could be. Every time we judge ourselves, we hire more demons, and that keeps us average, normal, and real like everyone else instead of just choosing what truly makes us happy. How does it get any better than this? Carrie Lynn, Mazakeen from the Lucifer TV show was pretty cool. Adriano, I don't know really, Dave. Probably that they're real and want to do the devil's work. Chris, would not want to, want to run into a gnome smudging great practice when searching for the truth. Gotta watch out for them gnomes sometimes. It's true. Very much true. Let's go to Derek. I think it would often be quite easy to encounter alien beings and think you had encountered demons or angels, and it has happened many times in the past. On the other hand, ceremonial black magic does work as advertised. Preston, the only thing more dangerous than demons are gnomes and fairies. Once again with the gnomes. Adam, think about the other things, and you might be better off. Davy, demons are real, as are the jinn. One of the biggest challenges is that we try to ascribe intent to matters and events that are beyond our understanding. Kevin, demons in the, pers- in the paranormal are more preferable to flies in the hemorrhoid cream. Thanks, Kevin. Kira, be careful what you give energy to as your consciousness manifests your reality. Paul, 
Scary subject, Dave. Avoid at all costs. Nikki, true demons, a.k.a. Jinn, are rare. There are other entities which can act like a wannabe demon. We should all learn the difference. Chuck gets the final word. Everyone has an opinion on him. I feel both darkness and light beings exist. I have seen enough darkness. I would say that it could have been demonic. However, this is extremely rare and should not be thrown around. Thank you to everybody playing along in the thought of the day. We'll do it all again tomorrow. Thank you to everyone hanging out on Twitter at hashtag Spaced Out Radio for playing along as well as Facebook. Thank you to Captain Shirk for the SOR Newswire and to Merle and Nick T. White for Ghosts of the Great White North. We got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thal rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Space Out Radio, rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up for the guitar god himself. Special thanks to everybody listening in, at work, at home, in your cars, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight on YouTube, LGAB, Revolution Radio, Facebook, the Space Travelers Club, and on Twitter at hashtag Spaced Out Radio, where Derek and the Snarkettes are playing all night long. Remember, this show is copyright by Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us, because together, my friends, we're watching. We own the night, Mr. Bumblefoot. We need a favor. We need you to take us home. Yes, the Wu train has docked for the night, but soon, my friends, we shall ride again. Your seats are always available. Your tickets never expire. And if you want to bring a friend, we've got room for them, too. Good night.